So welcome again, Seven. The floor is yours. Thank you, Ngoni. It's uh, definitely great to be on to the show, and uh, and I'm looking forward to transmitting yet another amazing message about our experience here. Um, I'm trusting that I'm coming through clearly and everything is, is on point. And I also want to let you yes, know, sir. of course, uh, you know, we're all, we're all seeking to get those main answers, and, uh, and now is that time. So if, if there's anything that comes across your mind or your co-host's mind, uh, or if you want to join in the call, uh, and you, if you hear something that you know maybe the audience may not completely understand clearly, you can always tell me to explain that a little bit deeper. Uh, the, the message is, is very special and unique in the sense that it, it is a collection of um, experiences in real time. So that means that these are things that I'm going through right now, and the people who follow the platform do so because they find a very synchronistic connection in what I'm saying and uh, also what they're experiencing. And it's gotten to the point that definitely we're all looking to get that next update. So really what all of our platforms do, AstroQuest, The Resistance, and Secret Energy, and all of what we're developing is just give people more of the news about themselves and uh, how to reach into deeper levels of that expansion and uh, also how to ascend uh, the physical consciousness and even many of the paradigms surrounded by spirituality altogether to become a truly free or sovereign being. So that's really what we're working on here in, in 2015 more than anything is reestablishing sovereignty and also deprogramming the consciousness from the things that prevent that. Um, so I guess I can get started. I am going to take some calls just to let people know because there's probably some people that called in that do have some questions or concerns, and I'll probably do that within the last 30 minutes of the conversation today. I'm also aware that since we're on blog talk, there is a, t a cutoff point, I believe, at the second hour mark, and so I would assume people need to be informed of that and that they're going to need to use this telephone number, uh, which I believe Ngoni supplied uh, early in, in the recording, but the, to to use that telephone number to remain on the line if we happen to go over two hours. Um, I do actually have a message that's scheduled for around that time because I, I, it seems to be somewhat of the sweet spot. Um, so I will tell everyone also okay. it, it's uh, more like a train. It kind of starts off slow in the beginning and then here we go. So it's good to jump on now. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, well, seven, the lines are full and I know you're used to that. The lines are full. Mm -hmm. They started the, the lines full at seven o'clock. So, okay. Okay. So that's great to know. So that means there's somebody at least listening. Okay. So what, what I'll do is, uh, I do have, as always, I, I have a special message prepared and, uh, it's, you know, how this works is that it's very interesting because I, I, I personally don't have the time anymore to do consistent radio shows because of the products, projects that I'm developed in, uh, developing, excuse me. And, um, so what happens is, is that it's, always wonderful to get onto a new show and to deliver a new message because there's also something very synchronistic about the people that are in that audience. And uh, also it allows me to use us all as somewhat of conduits to a very vast energy. And it's easier to explain it as is that the, the problem here is not so much as energy and current. It's about can we hold energy and current? And it's easy to see this, this as, um, let's say, something, somebody who's never really used to having a lot of currency. And then you give them like a million bucks. And then you could just watch an effect that the person will literally tire themselves out rather fast with just continuously uh, charging themselves up more and more with whatever they can get with that cash. And so 
this is just an example, but what happens on the spiritual plane is it's the same thing, that there's so many energies. I mean, there's energies in the forest. Uh, Earth is giving off a very uh, strong force, and uh, there's multiple things. There's other elements. There's monatomics. There's minerals. You know, there's Ayurveda. I mean, I could just keep going on and on, and, and there's the sun, and the reason why I can do that is because the whole thing is energy. And the more we get familiar with our union with energies, and today it's going to be mainly the four elements, meaning the elements that our consciousness has been forming itself on. Uh, well, actually, I will say this. We'll talk about the four elements, which is where the body and, and much of what's to do with the earth and things have formed itself on. But then we'll also talk about the fifth element or a quintessence in which you can kind of get a, a somewhat of an idea of what the spiritual forces are forming themselves with. And the reason why I say it like this is because everything is a building. Everything is some level of a tower or structure, uh, unless you're formless. Okay, and this, this is a very key term because formless means that you actually don't have any boundaries. You're virtually superfluous meaning that um, it, with a body is a boundary, it has limits, just like planets have, uh, there are bubbles, so they have limits to how far you can go before you have no choice but to stay inside of the bubble. So what the form, formless is, is things that are not bound, okay? And now, we've learned a lot about sovereignty from a legal level. This is basically about the straw man and about how your name is incorporated. And many people have heard a lot of this and done enough study on, on the whole, um, the clear knowledge of that we, as having names, are associated with a system that has incorporated us, basically, and, and used us in the same way in which a slave would be used throughout time. And it's something interesting, though, about the process of when that begins, because it actually begins with a form. And this is not just uh, as a general statement, but also a piece of paper that someone must fill out. And if you look at the key components to that piece of paper and what's on there, then you'll get the two-dimensional explanation of how an entity comes into existence in this three-dimensional reality. Okay? And this is because on the beginning, one must put their name. That's the first part of the form that you have to fill out. So the name is the immediate identification. It is what we've created out of the illusion or someone has attempted to give us an illusion that can only go to the extent of what you've invested in that name. So if your name is Tom Cruise and you put that name on something, there's a lot invested in that name. Okay, so same thing, in different, different areas, different frequencies, there's certain names that have more weight and power than other names, because that's the whole name game. That's the whole word game or the world game. That's why the, the beginning of the, the number one book for indoctrination on the planet starts off with, in the beginning, there was the word And so it would behoove us to figure out whatever that word was, but even further than that, it says that that word did not come back void, meaning that it actually had some power to it. And this becomes the same thing as in our lives. Like when we put our name on an application, if someone stamps void on it, that means that it's no good. And sometimes the banks actually do that. When you apply for a loan and they decline it, they put decline and there's another stamp, they go void. Because this, these are confirmations that these people moving around like robots, but was put together by a system that 
I can term as now the Jehovian system. There's Jehovian systems, Saturnalian systems, Venusian systems. And each of these systems, they've been given these titles, mainly by the new people trying to identify the maps of the spiritual plane. But they're given these titles because these are the primary energies or the primes that are moving throughout the reality and sending out the essence of, of what, or the archetype of what people should be like, okay? But the most interesting thing is, is that if we notice, as far as the seven days of the week, which we know correspond to planets, Earth's not mentioned. In fact, if you look in many of the systems, you don't even find the Earth. And the reason why is because the ancient knowledge says that there is a time that Earth stopped being celebrated. Because if you have a, a weekday named after you, Monday, that means everyone's celebrating the moon. So where is the Earth Day? And this becomes something very key, key to pay attention to, especially as I'm going throughout in many territories that people are somewhat unfamiliar with and may go into some level of disbelief. But the thing about truth is you should be able to find several examples of that same truth. It will redundify itself across levels. Okay. So just remembering that when we create something, it takes on a form, and then that's called an evocation. It's now bought or evoked itself into the physical reality. It's birthed itself. And this is why the child was always such important symbolism, and it's because it meant the power of creation, the ability to, to, ev uh, to, to bring something into uh, physical existence, okay? So if we really want to know, especially what the ancients, the commandants were really about and involved in, it was one simple act, immortality, on the physical plane. See, there was no confusion that immortality existed on everything but the physical planes. It was just a desire to do something impossible. Okay, because just like even right now, we've supposedly come from nowhere. To us, that's impossible. We think we come some, from somewhere. But if you get all the way back to the, next, the last being in your mind that you can think of, you'll always wonder, well, where did that being come from? So this is the, the framework of the ancients of what they dealt with. They dealt with the impossible to make the impossible possible. And one of the biggest plans of the, of the ancient ancestors was to create immortality on the physical plane, which... All the other beings, if you, want, if you may, say that's impossible. Nothing can live forever in duality. And the, the interesting part is that is true and not true. It depends on what a person believes is forever. Because where we're at right now, we're in this continuous loop. And this is why the planet is a sphere, which is synonymous with fear. It has a lot to do with circles. The pentagram has a lot to do with circles also, 72 degrees times 5. It's 360 degrees. So we see all these circles are cycles. All these courses, like really training courses, in a universe or a university. So this is just saying you will keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. It may be under another different disguise this time. The, the four elements may have changed themselves in another variation, but we're still talking about the primal material, or basically we're still talking about everything here is created with one main element. And the interesting thing is, is that element is us. 
I mean, we say it time and time again. Oh, you know, we're the manifestors of our own reality, and uh, we're also part all these elements too, and we have all the DNA of all these animals, and we have this belief that's very strong. And so we, we, we hint to it all the time, but see the hack or the programming kicks it back and says, no, nah, no, nah, you, you ain't nothing. Remember that time? You was just on the toilet yesterday. You, was, you see, it always wants to, the, the antithesis always wants to bring up something that discourages that. Okay, and it's because it, when you see the movie They Live, there was something in that movie that they kept trying to hint to people, and they were like, "Look, it's a frequency, <laughs> and it's coming from this transmitter. And if we blow this transmitter up, then nobody will see in the illusion anymore. They'll see the real thing." What is being hit to on a metaphoric level is that there is a depressing frequency that is causing the inhabitants of the planet to have tears or tears, okay? And let me explain this very, very simple. Now, a tear is also a hierarchy. A tear is also something that comes out of your, your eye, and tear, which is the same word, is to pull something apart, okay? Because all of that symbolism says it's duality. And then as the, the being becomes more pulled apart, they become tiered. Well, I'm the leader, and you're the person under me. That's a tear, okay? And the, in addition to that, what, you'll, what you should notice is, is that all of our excretions have some use, especially the essence of it, for spiritual beings. And we'll just focus on, because uh, meaning spiritual beings not necessarily positive or negative, but beings who only consume essence. They don't eat food directly as we do. It's only the essence. So in our tear is the distillation of the, our minerals in our body. Like if you taste a tear, a tear is salty, and it only comes out of ducks and out of certain places. Now, it's very similar to sweat, but sweat is a lot more contaminated because it's coming out of the skin. You're washing the skin with soap. Soap's going down into the pores. So every time you sweat, the soap is just coming up to the surface of the skin and all the rest of the stuff that's still on there that's never been washed off. So it's not pure. But the tear coming out of the corner of the eye has this essence to it that is basically the distillation of one of our energies. And because certain energies that are floating around that are beyond the visible, visible spectrum of the human being, the physical visible spectrum, you, like that essence, then there's this constant thing going on on Earth to tug the emotions. If you would see uh, most human beings, then it would be almost like a cow nipple, female cow nipple. You could just squeeze it and juice it, okay, this is called the, the emotion, juicing the emotion, and then what comes from the being is this excretion, and then that excretion, which is their energy, because generally if you're going through any of these emotional fields, you feel sorry about something, you're seeing something that's making you cry, somebody's done something to you, they're making you cry, this drains tons of energy. So what happens is, is that we need to get to the level of realizing that this involves us. This is going on with us. Instead of seeing like a voyeur, third person, oh, you know, this is what's happening to everyone else. This is how everyone's viewing me. This is what I'm going to put on today. So that's how they look at me. This is that that's so far off being able to fully grasp what is taking place here in this reality. And I'm going to tell you, people are being looped over and over again in these realities when you die if you don't figure out the secret to immortality which is the only thing that you ever came here for then you will keep coming in and out of this the system is so 
perfected that the human being wants coming out of the body starts rising into other fields and then precipitating from those fields in the geometric form of the incarnation they're going to take next. And this is, this is the knowledge that was brought to this earth about how much can, how much can a, a, a soul, how much soul can you put in a specific vessel? Okay, and this is what these bodies are, like a whale soul, okay, is a big soul. Now, it doesn't mean that the soul always gauges the size of the human body because the soul goes through several developments or the size of the animal body because the soul goes through different stages of developments. It even condenses itself. So you can have a very powerful soul into something small. But in general, the, the more of the soul that has not been shaped, form, and fashion. See, this is why Masons, they call themselves builders. And it's because of a craft that allows them to shape, form, and fashion humans like gems over a period of time of sending them through planets and the portals of those planets, because the planet is like a portal, it's just like us, we have different entries and exit points. The portals shape, form, and fashion the individual as they're going through these experiences. And even while we're on this one planet called Earth, this doesn't mean you're going to end up on Venus, you're going to end up on Saturn. No, what I'm saying is if you become subject to a Venusian or a Saturnalian pers pers uh, persuasion, you will then be shaped, formed, and fashioned in that through your own consciousness. Like, remember, the, the, the external beings, the slavers, they're not trying to do any work. So they're letting us do this to ourselves, shape, form, fashion, programming ourselves, okay? So this is how it's really done, and this is the purpose. Because, see, what I, what I saw was as the person continuously goes through different planetary systems, they keep taking on different stages of the geometry. So in this case, now you're a human, the human is on phi-based geometry, same geometry that the entire world is built on. That geometry moves in a specific direction, has certain types of limitation. It mainly corresponds to number five. That's why you get five fighting, phi. All the physical, all of that, all those words are actually paired into it. And this is, this is something that I need to digress from for a minute, especially from the, the new uh, listeners about how I come into the awareness of this and been able to check it. Because, see, I'm not the kind of person that I, I, don't, I don't like unlawful carnal knowledge. Something that doesn't work, it doesn't apply to the brain. I need to delete it. If I can't find it that is true, I need to delete it because I'm looking for truth. It's not that I'm looking for the next message to help everyone smile. <laughs> I'm looking for the truth, and I'm actually recording that as I'm finding it and discovering more and more of it. But the tools that you need to be able to discern, okay? The discernment that, is, that you have to have tells you, well, I need to check this against something else. I need a, what's called a feedback loop. This is even when they're working with uh, telepathy, when they're working with uh, the things of, of the more of the subtle, you need what's called a feedback loop, meaning something that confirms that what you think is happening is really happening. So this is where all this information that I'm bringing you now, it's been checked over and over again, not only by myself, but many of the individuals that are following along. And they've been adding to this. And we've come up with a blueprint. So we've been, able to take, we've been able to find a code in the words, take apart the words and put them back together, show you the cross meaning through words, even if you didn't think they connect. It's just like tarot. 
It's not just about the, 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 uh, the number one card, the number two card. Actually, it's about, if it's the two card, it's about the number one card and the number three card. Because it's going to tell you what the two card was before and then also what the two card will be afterwards. So this is how we have to analyze everything. It's like a wheel. We need to see, well, what comes next through logical projection? Okay? So what I'll, what I'll explain to people now is, is that it seems to me, and I'm not coming across to people as, with the predictions as a prophet or anything, but it's like as clear as day that the spiritual plane in its previous denizens of rulers is coming under another change. Okay? And this is, uh, there, there's someone new coming to the throne, as it's called. Okay? And how this works is, is that this, in this house, there are indeed many mansions. And what these mansions are, they're laid out in the sky as parts that this planetary system propels itself through. Okay? Like a big clock. That's all it is, is a big clock. It's so famous for time, this planetary system, because on the other side of things, nobody deals with time. It's immortality. That's why if you do something in immortality and you're damned there, you're damned immortally. So it's a whole different thing. You, we, we need to be lucky in some sense that we do have time because it allows us points to move it around. That was move things around and make different changes. This is the, the purpose of time is to slow things down. Because when you get into the higher frequencies, you see an entirely different thing. Things are coming so fast. Whatever you see, I'm mean, excuse me, whatever you, whatever you project from your mind, you begin to see. If you say a word, you're actually moving in a frame rate so fast that you can see the vibrations in the words and the actual symbol, because that's what they're really creating, the symbol of what the word is, is, is doing, okay? And the term of that is the deaf Phoenician, okay? And of course, the deaf Phoenician in this tense is the Phoenicians use signs and symbols, not languages, as if they were deaf, they didn't speak. They wrote it down in symbols. That's why they were the masters of this writing down the symbols and all this. And they only hold inklings of these stories. All these people, they traded silk. <laughs> you don't even understand anything about these beings until you actually get to a level to where you can start seeing it for yourself. Because if you're looking for someone else to, to give it to you, to explain it to you, what happens is, is that just because someone is telling you it, Remember, if somebody's telling you it, you can't, you only, excuse me, you only can grasp it so much. This is like me telling you about this roller coaster ride that I was on. Now, you get it that it was exciting, but you didn't get it because you'd never been on the roller coaster yet. You have to actually go on the roller coaster. So anyone that tries to convince themselves that they could grasp it all just by listening to another person or reading some book, they still have yet a lot to grow. You have to actually go through the experience. And this is what we're going to talk about today, because this is going to se separate uh, uh, the, the girls from the women and the, the men from the, from the, uh, uh, from the boys, the, the cats from the mice. This is what's happening now, because the throne has collapsed itself, meaning that let me explain to you what happens on the spiritual plane. Okay, the spiritual plane has police. If we, did, if we thought they just exist here, too bad. They do exist in any known realms that are especially the ones that are dualistic. And the ones who are the enforcers, it's their house. That's the only way that they can enforce. 
So the house that it appears to me, I don't care what everyone else is saying on their news programs and their chakra readings and all this kind of stuff, because I'm experiencing this in real life. It feels like the house that this world just came out of was the Jehovian spheres. And the Jehovian spheres, they, they correspond to Jupiter, mainly as the, primarily, the primary planet. Jupiter is also known as Jew or Juju. It's been known since ancient times, right? And in this Jupiterian field, you see how big Jupiter is? It's a gas giant. And the reason is, is because there are more what we call souls or spirits in that club afterlife, which is where one goes when they leave here, if they don't know how to guide their vehicle, then are here. And it's very easy to see this, but people need to start thinking about this. You got 8 billion people on the planet, right? But how many people do you think are, or how many individual souls do you think are in, are in the afterlife? Way more than are here. So, if you can logically go into your mind and say, well, where would that whole soul, because even though they may think they're separate, like spirits still run around on the, on the astral planes thinking they're separate, they may think they're separate. When you pull off back off of all of it, you see it's all part of the same material. But it's a big ball, right? And this big ball is, in, in this tense, where it's been holding this previous epoch souls is Jupiter. And then so Jupiter, and we have to somewhat imagine it as a person, even though it's a frequency, has been sitting on the throne for a while and then actually doing the judging. OK, because that's what that's why the word judge begins with J.U. OK, all the judging and actually uh, denoting who's going to be who and what's going to be what. And the way they've been enforcing that is through a word. OK, and if you look into occultism, then occultism constantly leads to the power of words. In the ancient traditions, of course, as you see in the, in the East, there's mantra, right? Those are words. There's chants, those are words. The commands, they only dealt with the words. The words, different words put together created different things. They were fully, they could fully birth something from their vehicle. See, because the secret to words are is you have to know the right words and you have to know how to string them together. And then when you say them, you have to bring them up from the sole of your feet you can speak in your body. This is called an intonation. The intonation starts from the low part of the feet in the soul and then comes all the way up to the mid part until it becomes a, it becomes a, a, a toning, right? You actually, the evocation, okay? So it's intonation. Then once it comes up and it's becoming vertical, it's now, uh, uh, when it's coming up vertically through the body and then it's past the waist, it's now becoming an intonation, uh, excuse me, uh, evocation. And then once it comes out of the mouth, it comes into life. Okay, if you said it right. And this is why most people need to repeat the mantras over and over again and do these kind of things in order to, to manifest whatever they're trying to manifest right because that's how far we are off of understanding the ancient tongues and their purpose, okay? So through this process of words, the main thing that you have to know is, is that, see, there's another world going on that most people are not really privy to and don't pay attention to even though they know it's going on, and that's the spiritual plane. But we'll only go as far as Christianity, because in Christianity, there are certain techniques to getting rid of spirits, okay, for those that do that. Some call it an exorcism. And those techniques do involve certain words. And then once those words are pronounced, especially through the prayer and with fervent, then it's supposed to make this entity flee, okay? So if you just examine what's happening there, 
Words are being used, and these words are like frequencies. For those that are more thinking even on the advanced level, they're frequencies. And what you're doing is you're sending this frequency at this other frequency, trying to jam it so that it cancels itself out. This is the same thing that Solomon was doing in the, in the Testament of Solomon, calling in these demons and then asking them, what is the name that thwarts you? And they would tell him the name, and he would give them, they would supposedly give him a name of angel, because that's how the angels and the demons are paired up, right? To cancel each other out. So if you knew the names, then any type of infirmity that you're experiencing is supposed to be canceled out. And this is how the Jehovian fields constantly moved and ruled their worlds. They bind, they cast. Remember, casting means to put someone in like a cast on your arm. Okay? So there's binding, there's casting, and there's sealing. Okay? Because then even in some of the prayer words, they bind them up, cast them out, seal it. Okay, and what's going on? Why everyone's it's like robots because they don't know what they're doing, they're just doing it by the direction of another who's giving those directions Zeus, Deuce, Jove, the same entity of this particular matching epoch gives only a name, not abilities. And this is why things have changed. See, not abilities, you just get a name. So, as a Jesuit priest. He can go in a village with just, just a name and bind up tons of spirits, even if he's never even read anything about spirituality really before. So this means this being is also moving from the brain. And I was talking to my good friend KV last night, Kevin, he was explaining how the brain doesn't have any feeling. Like you could open the skull up and start touching the brain and the person won't know what's going on. So imagine if you're moving from only your mind, which words do, you know, it's how people who are very smart, they only have lots of words, right? But they have no e emotion behind that, okay? So what we're talking about is, is we're talking about just like what we're dealing with, with even the police on the street today and all the situations that are going on. They don't think about what they're doing because they're just the costume. Even if something happens to them, they don't even refer to, well, John Smith died today. No, they, say, they say the police officer died today because they don't consider a person in a costume as anything beyond what that costume is or that custom, it's the same word. So when the person puts on the costume or custom, they become that. You see, the costume that we wore when we came in here didn't exist, it was just a naked body, you see? So the more the costumes are put on, this closes the person, okay? This clothes, C-L-O-T-H-E-S, C-L-O-S-E, it's the same word, why? Because it closes the person so that they are, they, they, that they are more shut in. Okay, so let's let's keep going through this Jehovian epoch because it's very important for people to understand what's happening here. So now the words don't work anymore. All of the words that have been being used to bind other entities for a slew of different reasons, mainly that nobody wants to deal with them, nobody wants to fess up to them. Who are they? Us. Other beings, other human beings that didn't make it through lives, got themselves extremely scarred and torn in their experience, didn't find truth. And then because we don't die, they go to the corresponding frequency that they generally resonated in. That's called hell. And then where they are is they're experiencing this torment because they don't know what's going on. And now as the epoch is switching, see what Crawleyism bought in, and this is what people need to be aware, there are people practicing right now behind your back and have been doing this for at least the last 200, 300 years, preparing for this point. And it's because now all of those souls are about to be let free. 
And this will be the same as if you understood, like let's say, for instance, somebody very, very close to you dies and you just don't accept it. You got to see him again. So you start traveling the world to try to figure out how you can see them again. Now, back in the old days, you would just go to Kemet. That was a symbol of that was where the underworld was. And so anyone who went there either was coming to learn about the beyond or to try to see if they can communicate with someone once more. Okay, so in many tenses, you have people that their ancestors are strapped into that same space and they just want to let them free no matter what condition they're in. So this is where now this new level of, if you want to call it work for the universe is coming in. And it's because now no longer will words be able to have effect in binding them or saving them. And let me explain that. Generally, this current uh, scenario that we've been dealing with, there's the Jesus. And then the Jesus supposedly saves. And now we've all seen the flaws within the system, but we can't deny that it's been working for hundreds of years. That Some people think that if they just believe in something new, they can wash away everything that's old and start off something else, something else. Okay, And that's actually what has been happening. When a person does actually take in that specific energy, it then pushes out all of their old energies. Now, remember, we're not talking about which one's bad and which one's good. It's very similar to if you get rid of all your enzymes and minerals, all of a sudden you push them out. Now they got to go find a new place to stay. You've rid yourself of them so you don't really have the past in your consciousness anymore. Remember, in your past when things happen to you, especially in strong points, they solidify themselves and they become what we call spirits. Spirits being energies. And then they attach themselves to us because they're like our children. We've incepted them rather than concepted them. We've brought them forth through our, in, from internally through our consciousness and they reside in the invisible plane. But when we take on another spiritual belief system, especially one that tells us to get rid of everything that you have inside of you and start over again, then you actually push them out. And again, I'm not saying it's bad or good, but what I'm saying is it's very similar to having family members that you haven't talked to for hundreds of years, maybe, or even 10, 15 years, and then now they're upset and everyone has that whole situation going on. And what has been keeping us, uh, keeping them away is these words, the policing of the spiritual planes where you really have some Harry Potter style magicians that deal with the more larger ones. And then you have the exorcisms in the churches who all use, which are cognates of the same name, whether it's going to be the Tetragrammaton, whether it's going to be uh, uh, the, the Iluch, which is the, the Arabic tradition. You know, many of the mantras coming from these. Everyone's got a word. And they've been hiding by these words and these behind these words, which work like swords. Okay, remember that there's anagram for the words, W-O-R-D-S, is swords, S-W-O-R-D-S, or S-W-O-R-D. So these swords can actually tear into other spiritual life forms and even be used to shape form and fashion them into something new. So hopefully I've got it across enough at this point in the conversation for people that words has been the previous way all of this stuff has been working, this tones and vibrations. But that's not how it worked in the beginning. If we understand, if, if we want to tap into that term, the beginning, it only worked with the elements. That's what our ancestors knew. They knew how to command the wind, the water, the fire, 
and, and not as we see them. See, we see them as the as below. We see earth as the dirt on the ground. We see the sun and heat, and we see water as the, but those are what's called the as below resonators. They're, they would appear just like we appear to each other on this plane versus if we saw each other on the higher plane and what we really are. So what water really is on the higher plane would be more the visualization of what you're talking about with these elements. And with these elements, when we were mastering how to create with them in balance. That's why the four corners and the four cross, the cross became such a powerful symbol because it stands for the four elements, okay? So now, and I'll say this and I'll take a brief moment to hear from the host and, and to see if anyone's calling. So now what's happening is, because, see, what the words had done after a while is they allowed many individuals to masquerade about as if they had some power and as if that they were actually uh, worthy of being in the position that they were in. And this is like what you see with the cardinals and all these different individuals that are thinking that they're worthy of being the individuals who are, who are guiding the planet into its next system, right? But they don't know anything about how to guide, even everyone admits that they stole other people's culture. They don't know anything about how to raise a culture. So we're seeing that. But now, because their word is having, having less and less power and maybe already broken, the next thing that comes is, for those especially of you who continuously heard my conversations, you have to go into the elements because those are the ancestors. You have to get familiar with those frequencies and then to, re to even repair yourself. Okay, because we, we only talk about really work that we need to do on ourselves before we start doing work on everybody else. It's like somebody with a cold trying to get rid of your cold that you don't have yet. So the thing is, is that we talk about how to repair the body. And this is the, the most deepest level that you could do it on because this is the anti-age. This is where the anti-aging even lies. This is how all of that is put together is by being able to restore the body's energetic potential by placing the elements back into the places that they've been removed. Now, remember, the elements are just like energy. So in our life in this matrix, with consistent energy being pulled from us, we've got dead cells. That's actually what cancer is. It's a dead cell. Okay, so it's just like a battery. If you charge the battery up and run the battery down, charge the battery up, run the battery down, because you're constantly keeping it in duality, that's why there's a positive and a negative pole, eventually it gets a dead cell. So what happens when you try to charge the battery up again, it doesn't hold a charge as long after a while, and then it all of a sudden can't hold a charge at all. That's what we call death. That's Saturnalian, that's you've reached the lead state. The lead can't hold charge, it's least affected by light. So. If we can see that as it is, we can say, okay, I know how to turn the clock back. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take a, a, a brief break and, uh, and when we come forward, I'm gonna talk about how we turn the clock back and how I can prove where the, if you still have the concept of an external oversoul, where it is, what its progress has been with, uh, with us on this planet and us getting into total realization and then how all that connects to us waking up this lifetime now, not after, not in the great beyond, not in the sky, but right here, right now. And so that we can get into conscious immortality and starting to create something that I'm just calling now the dodo ring, which is basically a place where all frequencies are jammed. And in that sphere or in that space, I would say, 
anything can be created. Seven, mm -hmm. when you say you want to take a break, are you going to get you uh, go away, take a break? You want me to uh, take two or three minutes or... Yeah, that, that would be great uh, unless you had something that you wanted to... <laughs> And again, I have this way of speaking that I tend to go back over all the stuff that I've said at some point, so it clarifies things. But if you have something to say, then, you know, before we take the break, but I would like to take about five minutes just to yet to take a to take a drink and then also to look through my notes to see if there was something that was missed before we go into this next part. OK, well, okay. first and foremost, I would like to thank you so much for being gracious to be with us this evening. And I, I was so nervous in the beginning. I, did, I didn't do that. So I want to tell you that now. Thank you very much. Well, I have you. four pages of notes. Oh, wow. Okay. So you go get your... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and come back. I, I know my co-host. She's worse than I am. I know she <laughs> has... got eight pages over there. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, let me... Okay, yeah, so let so me just take three one, minutes. We don't, we don't want to delay. And then uh, maybe you can give people the telephone number since we're about an hour in. And I know probably some people just called in the middle because, it, you know, if there's that many pages, we may have to take it into the two and a half hour mark. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's... Thank you. Okay. That's, All right, so I'll, that's I'll be... A uh, suggestion. Okay. I'll see you in just a second. All right. If uh, I'd like to thank all the guests for joining us. The chat, or I'll put out the number just once again, just in case someone else joined the line. Uh, the number is, the call-in number is 347-308-8131. All right, Seven, can okay. you take a question now? Yeah, the, actually, for sure. Let's go ahead and uh, get into the questions, and I'm sure all the rest of what's to del be delivered today will actually find itself into the message. Okay. Well, I would like to just ask about the harmonic convergence because I get the feeling, and I'm going to have to go back and listen to this several times, but I get the feeling when you explain about the uh, Jovanian um, ancestors and what's been running the system, and we know a little bit about the moon and how the, that's a step down and that keeps us locked down, and the loopies like David Icke talks about, we keep reincarnating. But what about the harmonic convergence? I mean, if we're going through this cycle, uh, I understand it's two cycles, the 25,920-year cycle and then the 5,125-year cycle, which supposedly some people say is a wonderful opportunity for souls to ascend and as a unique opportunity. So aren't we getting any help from anywhere? I, I get the feeling that we're we in real big trouble. Well, I mean, what I would definitely say is, I mean, we're assisting each other. I mean, I'm on the line now. I mean, this is, you know, we can only talk about right now, I mean, in order to get out of time, right? And, and what we'll see, though, is that the harm, to understand what a harmonic is, is a harmonic is if you see a rainbow, when one color is about to switch into another color, there's this point. That point is the harmonic. It's like when, the, when you breathe in and then you're about to breathe out, there's this point. That's the harmonic. At some point every day, there's a point where the sun in the, in the, in the sky is at the equal point. It's actually not at 12 o'clock. It's generally at 11 something or 12 something. But in that moment, there's complete harmony. And in the ancient scriptures, obviously, it talks about even the Nephilim or the archons or what the zodiacal houses had come into harmony or an agreement. They say on Mount Harmon, that's where the word comes from. 
and they bound themselves together. Okay, so this is the same thing we saw earlier in the beginning, to bind yourself with something to create something, because that's also what we do in marriage. We marry someone, or even, you know, if it's not a paperwork marriage, when we get with someone else, we bind ourselves to them to do a deed. There's a, there's a reason for it. That's why the ancestors moved with purpose. There was a reason for everything that they were doing. There's a, just as us being the ancestors, we have a reason to everything that we're doing, and, and this is a big part of it. And so the assistance that we have comes from inside, and only until we see that, we will fall under the illusion of all of what the religions have designed, which is an external God. Because you could never pull the external God program over on their ancestors, because they did not see it that way. Like, the, surely the sun and, and, or the soul comes before the shadows. So what that means is, is that there's a point or an emanation point, and that's sheer logic, that's mathematics, that's et cetera. And in that point, we are all there together. And that's the most powerful we'll ever be. And this is so simple because it's like if you're trying to lift something and it's heavy, the only way it's going to get lighter is not only getting stronger, but you're still adding stuff to yourself. Or somebody comes and helps you lift it. You're adding something. So to come all completely together would be the point of where, um, where there would be the most assistance. So it just so happens that, then that's obviously harmony, because you're not going to fight with yourself. You're not going to enslave yourself. You're not going to destroy yourself. You're only going to try to assist yourself, right? So when you get into that point, which is actually where the harmonic point is, so you can arrive at that point through meditation. And meditation is, is internal. It goes inside. And it's not just about sitting there. It's also about breathing properly, because breathing is actually what gets you familiar with how the air has an energetic potential to take you into a high. And this is because in the caustics of the spine, there's the root of the energy that we call kundalini. And when that energy is deprived of prana, which is what we're actually pulling from the air, it starts to make its journey up the spine because it's almost like it's hard-coded. It just hears, uh-oh, he's dying. Uh oh, she's dying. It's time to dip. <laughs> they'll come, it'll curl up the spine, come out of the cocks of the spine, and get ready to leave out of the head. Because it feels, because if you stop breathing, who you really are, as far as the energetic form, will escape the body. And this is why it'll come right out. It's not even like an escape, it just knows how to get out. And this is what, in, in, in deep levels of uh, spiritual practice, you're attempting to do. You're actually attempting to die or divide, meaning to separate as in dice, there's two dice, to separate yourself from the body and then glide into the spheres because now you're in what is a more subtle body. And we knew more about that body. That's what some people call the astral body. And that body is not limited to five senses, sight, hearing, taste, smell, touch. It actually has merged all the senses. It's collapsed them all together. It's made harmony. It's, it's found some harmonic with them so they cancel each other out. This also goes simultaneously with the thinking stopping because all the, the five senses are doing, how they gauge everything is just like any other meter. It has to judge. It needs to judge. Is this hot? Is this cold? What's the hot? What's the cold? Okay, here's the in-between. Okay, here it's 42 degrees. That's all that's happening. So all this stuff with our faculties are just used to judge something beyond even just saying it or language. 
And then that actually starts the division point. That's, what, that's how we function here. So do you see what, what gets shut down? And that's why we could see why so much of the external, like seeing what's going on in the world and that driving us crazy and feeling powerless on this level and all this becomes all the wrong direction because it's all outside. So that's why we, when we began, we talked about and we coined the term inner stand. Because when you can stand inside and face yourself, and then begin to make your journey from some of the soles of their feet. That's how, long, how much they've been doubted and trodden. Others from the cossacks of their spine and make that journey back up through the centers and visit those centers and actually become the master of yourself, not everyone else. But to go back into that chakra and be like, look, it's over, it gigs up. Uh, you don't run this anymore, root chakra. You're coming out of the brain or out of the, the temple and going back down to the hearth where you need to be, where all your anger and all your jealousy resides and can be used as a way to burn up toxins. So we got a use for you, but it's not in the crown. And then now I'm back in my crown and I'm going to sit there for a moment and I'm going to pass out edicts. And then I, and that means that you need to set things straight with all of what's happened with, you know, your kingdom being overrun. And then at that point, you should be taking a central position inside of your body. You come out of the, of the crown in that kind of mentality because you just set things straight. And then you go into the center of your body and then you can, in balance, judge your body. You see what I mean? Keep giving the body the, the lessons that it needs to progress. So basically, then you become like the dean and then everything in the body becomes your student. <laughs> and then this, when this goes on, now you, you're, you're, of course, there's a lot of integrity going on here, so you're just trying to become the best teacher of yourself. And then when this thing gets started, as you, you begin to, the body starts seeing the rewards. And this is why you have to, in a certain sense, denote where all these frequencies are coming from and not just say, oh, this is just me. Sometimes in the dualistic plane, there is a hierarchy. Someone has to be in control for a while, and that, that is you. When you go into that position of yourself, and then, uh, so it's important to do that, though, because if you lean on something else, you're going to find flaws in it. That's naturally how we are. With, with, if we don't find truth, we start finding falsehood after a while. And so if we take upon some kind of external religion, which is just falsehood, it's only ladders, baby steps to the real thing. Because this is also, there were, there were many edicts that Jupiter handed out, or Jove, and that's one is no power. No power but through me. And this leaves us in a tense powerless unless we're willing to succumb to those kind of tradition, those kind of ways, which is what men seeking power went into the masonry. They went into the Rosicrucians. They went into, those are all Jehovian traditions. Those men were not confused. And then if, 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 if something didn't happen as well, because you're just talking about the, la the, the, the ladder of two poisons, then they went into the Saturnalian. And those were the coils up the spine in a certain tense. Those were the, the actual rods of, the, of the, the two energies, the two serpents going on the caudaceous staff was Jupiter and Saturn. 
But, and that's just for this epoch. Like, these are just maps or blueprints. We don't even know how old some of this stuff may be or how outdated some of this stuff may be. We have to begin to think like that. We have to say, well, look, I, if, it's, if it's still all about me, because I did come in this thing alone, and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to die at the same time as everyone, and we're all going to leave together. So there's a lot about this that I need to figure out. And you have to take that, and you have to take that as your personal responsibility, and then you can't delegate that. See, what the Jesus is and what the Allah is and all the rest of it is delegations. And it works for a time. But remember what I say, it's for a time. It's just a step on the ladder. So eventually that step is going to disappear. It's going to be submerged in the vortex until you learn to become wholly dependent upon yourself in the vein that all is self. That's the highest maxim, that what this whole experience is about is us figuring out that this is different variations of the same thing. We're headed at a zillion miles an hour into splitting things up even more. We have so many choices of the same thing. So that, that, that collectivity can only happen when you pull in, okay? You start cutting. Nobody's going anywhere. You're not going to lose anything. If something's true, wherever you go, it will be there. But cutting off many of the vampiric connections that one has with so many different things, it's like you can't service the world. And the world teaches us, do as much as you can. Be super. Be this superstar. And that has something to do with basically being busy all the time with three cell phones and tons of people calling. And that's supposed to mean success. That's actually ultimate failure because now you really don't have time for yourself. And your energy is delegated. Somebody is even brokering your energy. And we'll explain that very simply. Like you have maybe a spouse or significant others. So they have your sacral area. <laughs> then you may have a job. So they got your arms. And then you may have part of your mind, right? And then you may have your, uh, a child so, and there's a baby. So they got your breast. <laughs> so then when you start looking at yourself, each part of yourself is delegated to somebody else beside you. And, and then the, as the world keeps dividing, it starts finding more and more spaces inside of you to delegate, like things that it may be, you know, I've got a toe ring on from John Shue's company that he didn't made these toe rings to make him a millionaire, and now it's on your toe. You see, so we have to see that the web work, which is really a cymatic, the web work of this reality is all these projections are also being received. There's an input and an output to this reality, a one and a zero, a 10. It means that positive and negative both exist here. It's almost an anomaly. That's the symbol of phi, what looks like a zero, and then a line through it. That's, the, of course, the functioning of a dualistic plane. That's also how the computer behaves. It behaves on a zero and a one, or binary code. So all of this stuff is really the same thing, but we keep seeing it as separate. We'll even call, like these, uh, these Mac units, I guess they're made out of aluminum, right? And we think that they're inorganic. Oh, they don't exist. They're not even real. They're fake. But that's pulled from the earth. So are you saying the earth is fake? Even plastic is real. It's just about what vibratory frequency is it moving at? So again, to, to hone back in on the question, it's all about going inside and, and starting to get to the point where one is not really looking for something else to say, okay, are you going to help me do this? Because they know they're more than enough. Because then once you start tapping into, well, I'm more than enough, you start realizing that's, a, that's the truth. This is facts. This is not faith, right? Because faith is different. It's, you're supposed to believe in it, and it may not even be true. You're not even supposed to believe it's not true. That wavers faith. Facts are stronger than faith. And what facts says is that, oh, you really are everything. And that's so overwhelming right now <laughs> that we've chose to close 
up many parts of ourselves and not listen to many parts of ourselves. And I was looking at briefly at a ayahuasca documentary and the guy said he saw these beings in there and they said, man, they were trying fervently just to convince him, man, where are you? And you haven't been listening to us. And if they happen to come out in a form that looks ugly to you, that's the ugly side of yourself. And everyone's got one. And if you can't see it, it's just because of blindness. But when we get back in there and we start repairing that, fixing that, healing that, mending that, you know, whatever term we could come up with. All that means repair. That means put the two back together, repair. So once we come back together inside of ourselves, that's where we'll find everybody else. We'll find the most use for every, we'll find the most use for ourselves and the other individuals around us. So that should uh, answer the question. <laughs> yes, thank you very much, Seven. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I want to expound on that because I want you to know I'm clear about organized religion and so forth and entities coming down and ships and things and all that. I, but I want to be quiet and allow other people to ask you questions because we have a lot of people on the line. And uh, Rhonda, your mic is open, and we have one other person with their um, uh, unknown caller with their hand up. So, Rhonda, go ahead and ask your question, and then we'll see who the unknown caller is. Thank sure, you for that. Sure. Sure. Hi, Seven. I, I'm so glad that you're here with us tonight. I want to thank you again. Um, before I get into my question, I, I want you to have an opportunity to let the audience know about your website. Um, I am a member as well as Sis uh, Mangoni, and you have a lot of wonderful information on the site as well as a lot of free books that you can download. So if you don't mind, if you can um, just tell the audience about your site. Um, sure. And, um, sure. Uh, and, and it's nice to speak to you. Uh, for sure. Uh, the website is theresistance2010.com. It's where we're holding. It's some more of the archive of all the information right now. We are looking to open up a new site soon, and that's pretty much complete, or we're going into our second round of beta. But for now, things are there. Also, if a person just wanted to listen into the recordings, which are very useful, we have a, a podcast. So even if you just type in AstroQuest podcast in your browser, or you go to Podomatic and you type in AstroQuest, you'll see even the most recent recordings um, that I've had and you know, just lots of recordings of how this built up. I think there's only, I think there's about a hundred and something recordings there. So it goes back quite a bit. And so, yeah, that, that's the information on how to get in touch with us. We're actually always doing something and there's, you know, we're streamlining consciousness is what it looks like to me. I'm constantly searching for other individuals that are going into the same synchronistic message. And, and don't get me wrong, there's quite a few out there now that have actually tuned into the message and been able to share many things that are useful. So we're progressing and we just want to create more things to allow people to get that information in real time, especially through the many faculties that people use today to get their information. Okay, great. Great. Now, now my question is, and you kind of answered it um, when you were giving Sisman and going her answer, and ideally enough, this is kind of funny, we actually have the same question, so just forgive me if I'm at asking the same thing. Um, as she uh, talked about the 26,000-year cycle, which really is 25 and some change, um, everyone now that's kind of on the spiritual path um, talks about the quote-unquote ascension. And so my question to you, uh, do you feel that not only we know that the part of the ascension is 
going within as you have discussed and taking control of your own house, meaning your own physical body and spiritual body and uh, balancing out your chakras. But do you also feel that the ascension that everyone is speaking on is um, on an individual basis and as well as a collective basis shifting into a different frequency okay to take us to a higher plane okay let me um let me just explain some things because you know this is paradoxical see because you know there's paradoxes that exist here that's basically one of the main ones is where did we come from okay and just that one alone will shatter anyone's idea that they are smart and know what's going on because they won't be able to answer that so in a paradoxical reality you get uh, oxymorons. This means that yes and no. So in order for me to explain completely where these concepts of, of help and, and, and other beings and things are coming from and what we're attempting to do, I'm going to have to do that at at least two angles at one time. So imagine it as this, that as a being, you have a tree, you're, that you're a tree, okay? And that the interests of this tree is to consistently drop its seeds, have those seeds fall into what is a lower level of experience, and then grow themselves up to become a tree also, so it can do the same thing. And this is what I was explaining about the Kemetans and their whole idea of immortality, especially on the physical plane, which is basically to go through this process of a life, a death, and then this resurrection. And each of these phases have these energies that are attached to them that is what gives us the experience that we're looking for in immortality. Because you'll find that immortality is a lot more scarier than death. And so people need to realize that when you can't die if you somehow get tired of living, it could be a big issue. So versus if you're, you're tired of dying and you want to get into immortality, well, that's simple. You're already immortal. Now you just have to become more aware of that. Because as you know, you haven't seen yourself die yet. You've seen other people die, but you haven't seen yourself die. So even if some people say, I've been regressing the past month and I saw myself dying, but, but you're here right now. So did you die and come back? Because that's what we call an immortal. So let me explain to you what immortals do. So in this coil, which is the phi base reality, as, you, as you're spiraling, there is this echo behind you. Like it's like when you see the flash run and then there's these several different echoes behind right? And all of these are what you're, one of these are now what you're existing as in your life. But what happens at a certain point as the coil begins to tighten itself, and this is what you would call the 26,000 years, the 2012, the lineup, whatever. As the coil begins to tighten itself, there's less space between this shadow or echo of you and the real you, which is a totality it, we, don't, we shouldn't even start going into explaining totalities without planning on spending at least 400 years trying to even get an idea of what it would exist with, okay? Because it's just not, it's not encompassed in words. So what happens is, is that as you are returning to yourself, 
okay? See, the whole, the whole Messiah thing was a true story, but it was all inside. And that inside of your body, they're waiting on this Savior that they swear is going to return and that they know exists. And then once that returns in them and then everything is put back into balance, then there will be an ascension. And to, put, to make that someone else's prerogative, meaning to actually consider if the reality is going to ascend with you or all that, is also to not understand the paradox. <laughs> because what the paradox shows, and I can tell you this from experience, is that when you ascend, somehow everyone that's around you that you have access to is also ascended. <laughs> and it's, it's a strange phenomenon. Like you could still go lock on somebody else's door that you've seen for 10 years ago, but and, and that, that you know that wasn't ready, and they'll still be there not ready. So actually they're, they're still back in the past. See, this is how we have to understand. Time is a frequency. It's not necessarily how we see it as, as, as a, you know, distance into the future. It's a frequency. So you can go back 10 years ago by just going back to your house or your old neighborhood where everyone is still acting the same. But are you the same? No. Because you've traveled through inner space. See, everyone's looking for an external physical representation of what is happening. But see, this world is static. That's why they call it it's stasis. It moves at seven 0.93 hertz, something It's very slow. It's so slow, it would look to be still. But you know it's moving. <laughs> Rocks look like they don't move until you turn on the third eye, and then there you, you can see the movement in them. And the thing is because you have more frames per second, meaning you can see now. And what causes this is that you're returning to yourself. You see, so you're always going to look out for yourself there. And this is why the, the oversoul became such a powerful concept for a while, because there was the notion that there is a perfected version of you. There has to be. OK, and this same perfected version of you, though, you're going to need to merge with. And that's why I explained during the last show that I did that there's no more oversoul for me. Some people couldn't uh, accept that for themselves yet. But I said it's for me because I'm going to stop doing this third person, my oversoul, because I would be doing the same thing as Jesus or same thing as Allah, just using another word. It has more power now because it's more central to me, but it still hasn't actually happened yet, right? That, in the tense that I'm speaking it. So to claim it, you cancel it out and make it as a part of you. That's called progress. So what I'm saying is, is that those who were experiencing the effect of the awakening in themselves, it's because their other self, which is rapidly closing in on them, is getting closer and closer. And this increases the deja vu. It increases the synchronicity and it speeds up physical time to a point where you don't actually feel like you're like, man, is a day already? And I just got up. What's going on? And it's because time is relative. Time is because we believe it. But when you get into groups where people don't believe in time, then all of a sudden time is canceled out. Lots of things is canceled out. You could, but first, remember, you, to do it within is to put you in touch with the people who can do it on the out, on the, without. Because think about it. It's like if you've reached this graduated state, You've done that because you, you choose the frequencies that you're going to be around. And in fact, most of the time you let another field do that. You don't just go looking for you just on your study and someone calls something like this. That's how that's how you're operating. You're you're tr attracting. OK, so it's pulling it in rather than chasing it. 
So there's a lot more to, to learn about this, but this is just the beginning of the process. But if you want to know who's leaving the fingerprints, because I won't, I won't deny it all. I've seen some wild stuff. And I also know that I now can know, I know the identity. See, in my mind, I have almost like an encyclopedia of spirits. Okay, maybe we will write that book one day because there are other entities and things running around, but the one that's most important is you. And to understand just the dynamics of how you stretch yourself across time. Because every time you begin a life, right now, I told you there was no end, so this will make it a little bit more simple. When you begin a life, let's say that life you lived as this person, and then you end up getting married, you promise a person to have a whole sickness and death, I'll be here, you had a couple kids, I'll be here for you always, honey. And bam, and then you go through that entire life, and then that life is over. Now, what, it, it, what happens because of the energy that you use to even manifest creator is you create this disk, okay? And this disk, which is containing all the memories, that's all you're looking for, it's just the memory, is still running, right? So it, it loops itself and it just runs again. And then you can get several of these going on at the same time. And this is sometimes what most people's dreams are filled with, different lives of the disc. So they go into this life, they don't really see what's going on. It's all first person. So they're just seeing through the eyes. And then again, very seldom do they find a mirror so that they can see that who they're appearing at in that world is like a quantum leap. Remember the movie, he'd go into the mirror and he would see himself as somebody new. And then he would live out that, you know, try to thwart something that was going to happen and then go to his next quantum leap. Why? Because that's what the oversoul into your oversoul until you merge what it is doing. It jumps in at different parts of time when you're about to make a decision that it feels that when you made that decision, that's what led it further away from the total realization of self. Then this happens like a deja vu in the mind. You're like, wait, what's happening? That's called assuming control. That's when the oversoul or the higher version has actually assumed control of the vehicle for a moment. And if you're watching, if you're a stickler for detail, this is what I call the, the fingerprints. And you say, whoa, wait, wait a minute, something just happened. <laughs> and then as you get in, it comes closer and closer and closer, and then you realize what's happening to the point where you can even leave messages for yourself. <laughs> I mean, this stuff gets into some wild stuff. I mean, it's not even, I mean, you can only make it a sci-fi or something like that for people to even be in the gander how it actually works. But see, I'm living it. I'm a, a live, physical person, doesn't have any intentions of lying to everyone for whatever reason, that is explaining the steps in process and how to get this to actually take place. And so, um, so that, that's the answer to the question. But it's just if you feel that and to understand it, that way, you also don't get your energy delegated to something else because in the easy, a Pleiadian will show up and be like, yo, that's me, I'm helping you, and blah, 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 blah. And then it's wandering then. This is the wilderness of Alice. This is when other eidolons and phantoms can project themselves from others' minds. Because remember, the, the, the whole purpose of the four elements and our agreement with these four elements were for them to manifest our thoughts you see, so the agreement between the Sifts, Undines, Gnomes, and Salamanders, or Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, or North, South, East, West, Wind, or all of the fours, the four fathers they even try to come in with, but all of those fours or the doors, the agreements were that they would be the manifestations. And this is why in the Temple of the Solomon, which is the, the threefold soul, 
the, what was said is that the demons, which are the elementals or based or diamond, diamond, would build the temple, meaning that through their elements that we would use them in different shapes and forms and fashions as long as we can be, remain the high ram, meaning the actual high being, the magus or the rab mag, the chief of the rabbi, the nazi, over them. You see what I mean? And so this is, this is why it's, time, it's been time out for Earth, because Earth has been like kids running around. Like you see on the, 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 Catholic, the, the chapel of St. Peter's, just kids running around with the genitalia in the hand with the wings. Because nobody is attempting to pierce into the ancestral side of, well, why are we even here anyway? And what is here? And then the other thing about what is here, let's answer that question very specifically. Remember, the two eyes don't see properly. They actually see in duality. That's why there's two of them. So even if you cover one and leave one open and then you open the other one again, you'll notice there's this shift, right? Now, it just so happens that in that shift, the shift that's created, that space that's created, and this is what the eye of Ra shows, the space is where the other reality actually is. And that's why you can't see it. Because what, what the eye is, is the eye is just a, like the actual pupil of the eye is just a lens. It's not a ball. So it can't see 3D. Think about what I'm saying. You don't have another pupil on the backside of your eye. It doesn't go all the way through, or it's not the complete eye. It's just this half circle or this D. So this D, so you got one D and you got another D. You put the two together, you got basically 2D. You only see everything as flat. Seeing 3D is seeing around the object. That's like if I look up at a pole and I don't just see the front of the pole, but I see the all completely around the other side of the pole. That's 3D. And when a person gains a third eye, that's how they see. Somehow they begin to fold space and time into the point where you can see what's in the spaces between spaces and then it animates meaning that you actually see the frames per second because your energy also is doing this. No, there's nobody that just activated the third eye and they didn't feel anything going on in their body like they were actually turning on or something like this, okay? So once this thing starts to turn on, the frames, the, the kundalini is now going through the chakra centers very similar to looking at a thermometer. Thermometer goes up to 60 degrees, bing, the root chakra comes on. Thermometer goes up to 70 degrees, bing, muladhara, um, excuse me, the, uh, uh, the dantain chakra. So as this continues, as energy keeps going up, it's now putting power in these centers, okay? And then when that happens, the, the abilities for those centers start turning on. And so to a person who's experiencing all of this, you're actually going into, I mean, it's wild. Like it, 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 most people feel fear when they're going into it. Because it's like, man, what's happening to me? Like, I, I start, I'm seeing other things, and I feel something, and it's just, and then that's just the brain trying to analyze it, and it becomes very inadequate. Meaning that as the brain tries to, tries to process what's going on, it's actually attempting to push down the frequency because it gets afraid. And this is why the, uh, the training, if there's any, teaches a person how not to be afraid of themselves, how not to sh uh, shudder or to jar themselves when they feel themselves about to come out of the body. Right. Because most people, when they're about to release themselves, they actually get this scaredness and then they lock themselves back up again. So it's, it's very important to, to, to see now that we've been here at our own volition in many tenses, meaning that if you're at this point, see, when you consider everybody else, you'll always throw off equations. You need to just think about yourself right now. You're hearing this message. A lot about this message starts to make sense. Until you start incorporating everybody else. Well, what about, 
But this has nothing to do right now. You'll see what about that person or whatever, if you wish to. You'll see the truth behind it all rather uh, clearly if you want to when you get to that stage of being able to, to tap into that for yourself. So we need to realize that a lot of our factoring in other people, I call it the Save the World program, is a big part of why we can't even for a moment get into ourselves so that we can actually start activating our centers again, getting our minds clear enough to start realizing, well, look, man, it's, it's me here. And I'm watching like billions of years of strata. I look into the stone and you see, you know, bones and things of, of things that are long gone. So then you have to position yourself and start realizing, <laughs> well, man, I, I guess I need to, to start figuring this out for myself. Because either I'm just going to be an, another person that they're going to march along the, the line and then put into the stones, or I'm going to be a one that bre breaks the envelope entirely and goes into my more massive state of consciousness. Got seven. Mm -hmm. You have two more callers. Okay. Seven. And, and I just want to ask, just, uh, is this Asante? Uh, this is Brandon. Brandon, okay. Brandon, uh, go ahead. You've been waiting a long time, and then we have another caller on the line that's been waiting a long time. Okay. Hello, uh, Seven, are you there? Wholeness, yes, I'm, I'm here. It's a, a privilege to get an opportunity to speak to uh, such a wise man that's doing so much on the earth these days. Me, myself, I am a babe in all this. I'm really just uh, kind of getting up and learning a lot, you know, about myself and about the spiritual nature of man. Miss um, Ngane, she actually posted a uh, radio interview of you. Um, I believe the to topic was understanding immortality. Mm -hmm. And one portion of the interview um you may mention of a tale that the human being once had and that they can attain by, I believe you said, pushing down the kundalini. And then there was another portion where you said there was a change to change us from that original state to where we are today. And on top of that, you said that the human body is constantly changing in order to become, or in order to find its way back to mortality. Now, I'm kind of trying to figure out where it all ties in together to try to clear it out for you. Okay, sure. Um, to clarify the last statement, I, I didn't actually say that the human body is trying to change itself into di different stages to, or the soul is trying to change itself into different physical stages to find back immortality. Really what happens is, is that the, um, if the oversoul, and okay, so let me just explain this very briefly. It's like an hourglass. Okay, and this was a very important part of the conversation today. And with the hourglass, which I call the sands of time, when you turn the hourglass over, right? Now, let's just look at an hourglass. It's two spheres, okay, indicating, or two, it's two, so indicating two worlds, okay? And then when you turn it over, then all the sand from the top starts going into the bottom. Now, it's very easy to see this as, let's say, for instance, you start off with uh, in separation from your, from your higher self or oversoul. And then now your oversoul is just dripping the sand of itself, okay, inside of you to a point uh, at, a, at a timely manner, okay? And this is why everything is about timing on these dimensions. And so as you begin to fill up, like, of course, at 25%, you still don't even know what's going on. 33%, you still don't know what's going on. Until you hit 51%, 
until you start becoming present again. And this means now more of your oversoul is instead of, instead of being overhead, okay? Like, think about it. Like, if this is the person's consciousness and this is a grain of sand and they're on this planet, then they think God is in the sky at first. And they're like, yeah, God's up there because they have a natural inclination of that something is filling them or filling their vessel. And that's their, their oversoul. So now, since the oversoul's idea is to experience itself fully, that's all it's about is really experience. It's attempting to pour itself into this vessel that you're calling a body, but still allow it to, to, own, to pour enough, to, to pour as much as possible. You see what I mean? So over time, as more of these granules are going into your body and you're becoming more aware of yourself, but the issue is, is that your, the awareness of an oversoul inside of a physical reality is unnerving in itself. Because it's like you're pouring yourself into a bubble. You're pouring yourself into a limitation. So the more phenomenal cosmic power you realize you have, the more itty-bitty living space you start realizing is around you in this bubble. You got big, giant concepts that blow beyond the world's spheres, but you still can't figure out how to make a few dollars to feed yourself and get the right food, right? So, so as, it, as it trickles more and more into that vessel, See, what happens with this kind of individual, and this is where more work is yet to be done, is, is that they get on the borderline or they get on the verge because, remember, the oversoul is trying to experience itself fully. It doesn't want to be divided, but it pours itself into the vessel that's here on the planet in a period of time in which the being can basically begin to develop to the total realization of what it really is. And then what is supposed to happen is the person or the being learns how to be a foot in both worlds. And this is a Mashiach. It's actually basically a bridge, an oversoul, an evangel, the, just like what the shaman is. The shaman's not going to drink all of the tea right there. They're going to keep a firm foot in one world and then also in the other, right? And so this is, this is the harmonic. And many of the beings found that to be the more prime place to actually be. Um, it's quite a fun space to be. So what happens is, is that to realize then, to answer your question about the tales and things, is that through the physical incarnations, it's like if you get on the car lot, you're going to want to get the nicest car you can. And that's just all going to depend on how much current you have. Now, there's another thing that you need to understand about this hourglass because somebody else figured it out too, that that's how it was working, that people were basically uh, taking on like let's say for instance each star is a person and then it's the it's the other part of the hourglass and it's beaming this light into the person and over a period of time this person will be completely filled with light and then once they get completely filled with light at some that's the ascension point it's hard to explain what happens to the person at that point but that's when they become completely filled with light they're now all seeing and all knowing at that point but what keeps people from doing that is the tear and that's what I was talking about earlier. Like when there's tears in your aura, then there's a energy, the energy starts to seep out. So this is like having a little hole in the bottom of your hourglass. Now all this oversoul that you have is going in, but it's also coming out. And this is in the reality. There's many things that pull energy from the human being. So thus the person never fully charges up. You get where I'm going? Until at some point, maybe, what, whatever they are calling their oversoul runs out of the sand. 
And this is what I personally believe is what creates many of the animals and things that we see are not functioning on what we would call reason. They've, they're deeper into a vortex to where they're moving on a hive or an instinct, okay? And so it looks to me to be that when you keep graduating the soul, the appendages of the actual vessel that you take on increase. So there's another template after a human body, and it has two more appendages. This is why they call it the angel. Because every appendage that you have is an organ, right? Like that's an acupuncture. You see one arm is actually an organ. So if you gain two more appendages, you have two more organs. But to understand how this is all happening in real time, if a person turns on their pineal gland, there is another appendage that is basically now activated. Now on the spiritual plane, you may actually see them with that additional appendage, maybe a tail. You see, that's why they say if you cut someone's arm off in the physical reality, they still have that arm in the spiritual reality. It doesn't disappear. So hopefully that explains it a, a little bit more about how this progression through the vessels works and then how it allows you also to see the progression that we're making, especially the hourglass. And remember, the hourglass is also a visualization. It's a powerful visualization because it answers a lot of things. I mean, it'll actually crack through most of some of the most unanswered questions, like why? Why am I, why now? Why is this time for me? Blah, 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 what's really happening? The granules are filling, and then what you're doing is you're retaining more. And remember, for a male, and there's this, another system for a female, but for a male to retain also is synonymous with the male being able to hold the seeds until the seeds cultivate themselves. And this is, of course, the semen cultivates itself, grows up, because remember, all the, all the elements in your body, they're living organisms, so they can, they can become granddaddy Kush. So once they grow up, and then they can walk up the spine. This is in the, the Kometan tradition called raising the jed, walking to the sun. This is when the semen, which are male and female, right? Because the male has the male and female, walking up the spine, right? All the way to the globe, which is the solar part, which I believe is in the center, center of the chest, near the heart. But before that, though, there seems to need to be some progression back to the higher kingdom, which is the higher state of one's consciousness in the crown, to dethrone this program that has taken over the individual. That becomes a big part of the learning lesson and experience. It's like if you don't know how to take care of yourself, if you don't know how to say yes and no, that needs to be a specific lesson that your parents will want to teach you. So it becomes that. And uh, so maybe that... That's a little bit more clear on the on the subject. Well, thank you so uh, much. Um, that answers a lot. I'm sorry to cut you off. And Donna, go ahead. No, I, I was just letting you know. I had to uh, mute you because there was some reverb going on, and I just wanted to let you know uh, to thank Seven, and we have another caller waiting. I do. I do appreciate it, brother, for calling in because I allowed that hourglass to to make its way because. Uh, it was in the notes, but I don't even see it here. So thanks for bringing that out. Not a problem, sir. Man, I hope you get an opportunity to actually meet you face-to-face -face one day if, uh, if that's uh, something that's appropriate. And um, I look forward to learning more, and I want to thank you again for everything that you are investing people in the teachings that you do. It's greatly appreciated, sir. Oh, man, thanks a lot, man. I mean, you know, I'm with you. All right, y'all have a great day. Oh, sorry. 
That's okay. okay. I mean, you know, you got to keep it going. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he's okay. <laughs> He'll be okay. I know we have uh, also, I think people I... should know that we do have that 10 minute thing coming up, I think, uh, from my time. Thank you. I was just about to say before I open the next caller, which is 214-9111, I'd like to make the announcement to those uh, on the line uh, that they have 15 minutes to call in at 347-308-8131 if they'd like to continue listening live or ask Seven a question. And if, for those who are not going with us into overtime, I would I'd like to thank you very much for joining us this evening. Yes. So with that, Seven, I'll go ahead. Open up caller 214-9111. Welcome to the call. Could you hey, give your first name and ask? It's LaQuasia. Yes. Well, hey, I mean, hey. hey, I miss you guys. <laughs> uh, it was very nice. Thank you. It was very nice listening in. I actually, I didn't hit the button to talk. I was really just listening because I've been so out of pocket. But I'll, I'm really enjoying everything that you're saying. Seven. Um, I'm just recently getting into meditation, mm-hmm. um, and it definitely is an out of body experience. Um, I just I don't know if I'm really going along the right path. Do you have? Like- okay, uh, I think we did cut for a moment, but I did hear the question. You can't is everyone really get into yourself? Okay. You can't really, you know. Okay, um, I'm, I'm only. You can't uh, really actually enjoy the world. Yeah, I think I'm actually. Uh, I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Uh, I, I didn't hear the question completely. There was a, a slight breakup. Um, if you want to repeat the question. Oh no problem. Is there any like points or tips you can give for meditation? Because I just recently started meditating, and a lot of everything you're saying with the energies, and I feel the difference in my energy levels. Uh-huh. So I'm just wondering if there's any really good tips you can give me for that. Sure. Um, some people said they actually couldn't find the whole body breathing video that I did, um, and, but it is actually there. I went to the to the YouTube page, and there's a whole body breathing video that I that I have there. It talks about crystals. And then it talks about uh, also using these breathing techniques. And it's because see, we do have, uh, like I said, the elements. So the elements are the same thing like vitamins and minerals, but they have an energetic potential. So it's the same thing with crystals. Uh, for me personally, when I began, it, they were very useful for me to start introducing my body back to itself when it was in a, a crystalline, which is where the Christ comes from, the crystalline condition. And so if you walk into a crystal store and you just look around, the crystals have a tendency to speak their own language and their own frequency. They do resonate with the chakra centers. So it's probably good to, to go and grab yourself some crystals to assist you in the meditation because that helps to buffer the chakras. This is basically to clean certain things off of the chakras that may uh, need to see perfection because that's really how the, the, the whole body works. And that's also why when we get around people that really become good role models for us, we start to become better people. And it's just because it's the same thing the DNA is doing. It's just looking for, it only wants the best, okay? So what happens is, is that um, that's one pointer. The other thing is, is to consider, especially if you haven't, to, to get into some kind of body cleansing and mainly the colon. And it's because obviously in the meditations, in order to not get bored with them, because this is very practical for me, I'm not, I'm going to tell people exactly how to do it in 2015. What happens is, is that if you're, if you're the root or the muladhara chakra is not very active, um, it has a hard time generating the heat that allows the prana to be processed 
to assist your body in feeling not only mentally, spiritually, physically, but also vividly the process of your meditation, which is really what you want, because that's going to keep you going into those meditations. So you may want to consider some type of cleanse for the colon and or, or a whole body cleanse, because just like a car and remember, you're investing in yourself here. So just like a car, if you uh, you don't run on the same oil, you don't for, you know, months and months and months and months you have to clean it and the body is really no difference in that sense it has these organs that have filters in them and when you flush those filters they they uh they get clearer and as you get clearer you start seeing things more clear your conductivity raises so this takes less time in the meditation for you to get to those states in that space that you that you're looking to or that you're harmonizing in right and so those are the best pointers that I can give for now without, you know, pouring on too much at once. But those are things that I would definitely focus on uh, if I was you and definitely things that I focus on myself that progressed me quite far in my meditations. Well, thank you very, very much. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Seven, we have an, two more callers in line. Okay. Uh, Sister Malika, welcome to the line. Your mic is open. Hi, thank you. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, thank you, Sister Angoni, and thank you, Sister Wanda, for always bringing up a good, great show. And and thank you, Seven, for being able to come through and 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 give us such in-depth information. I'm pretty much new at this myself, and I'd like to find out. If you can please explain to me in reference to dreams, because I'm very much of a dreamer, and my dreams are very symbolic, uh, very intense dreams. So um, is there any way that you can uh, provide me with information in reference to dreams? Sure. Thank um, you. What's important for us to understand is the projection ability that we all contain, especially within you know, what's, what's in the head. And, uh, you know, that's why sometimes it, it seems to be easier for me because if anything in the world works uh, and it runs properly, especially for any consistent basis, it's probably based on the body. So the only thing that airplanes, cars and all these things are, even computers are just reinvention, sometimes bad ones of what's going on in the human body. But they have a tendency to contain all the components. So what's really in the head is very similar to a projector. That's how you're seeing the reality around you. It's interpreting it as wavelengths and frequencies first and then bringing you back an image. So when we close our eyes, as you'll notice, especially with use of the third eye, there's a whole light show that goes on. So the body and the mind and the soul have this ability to manifest a world, right? But that doesn't seem odd since we are a world. When we start thinking about it, we're a whole universe. Each chakra corresponds to a specific planet. So you're basically a universe laying there in the bed. And then now when the projector cuts on, now all of what you start to see is developed by your consciousness. Remember, you have all these different lifestyles running and different things that you've already put seeds into. And then now you're scanning through all of them or experiencing one of them. But in the FPS, which is basically the frames per second, it's looking like it's actually happening and you're in it versus that you're actually making it happen and then appearing in it. This becomes a, a very big key because, see, when in this realm, when you take a step, there could be nothing there, but when you take a step, a step appears. 
So we're not generally familiar with that kind of movement. So in the dream, we just think, oh, this stuff is there. And then now here I am in here. And maybe it's trying to show me something and tell me something. I'm not saying that it's not because I think Freud and Jung did enough work to explain how things that happened in the past, even into other parts of when you were on the cycle, affect, affect you now. But what we have to really be concerned about is if too much power is being put into the dream. Because you and I both know when a bad dream happens and you wake up. The first thing the mind tries to do is associate that with something that's going to happen in the physical reality and then how it may be able to prevent that. And then also it goes into suspicions about others that are in the dream. And then sometimes it's indirect or, or directly, thoughts are directly sent at them that, you know, pull them down because you're like, man, I know he's not doing that. Is he doing that? Is my consciousness trying to tell me? So when this whole thing starts, then the brain becomes a, a tool um, the mind becomes a tool that also can lead you astray because as the mind being in its own being in different quadrants, the every quadrant wants the more attention. It's just like a, a, a pet to a certain degree, like the dog, even a baby, the baby wants your attention and it wants your invited attention. So if the mind knows that you're into these dreams is going to keep cooking up more fanciful dreams and all sorts of stuff. It's going to do the positive and negative, especially if you happen to eat too much before going to bed and not digesting your food. There's even a whole entry process, especially that I know to go by. And when I don't, it always comes to, to bite me in the bum, but that I have to go through before I basically set myself for this dream projection. And to tell you the truth, the body becomes quite a bit to manage. So all of this stuff that we're talking about today, some people are like, well, I got to do all this. And to tell you the truth, it becomes like a regimen in many tenses. But there are certain things that you just miss doing because you were doing something else. But let me just explain. Like when going, when, before you go to bed, of course, you, your last meal should be three hours at least before you're about to go to bed. You actually should get to bed before 10. Because what happens after at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, not only does the body not produce any uh, human growth hormone, which is a big part of your whole stamina and passion and all this kind of stuff, but also on a spiritual plane, right around that time, the gates, as the time is moving through the sky, different gates open for different energies, right? There's certain things that can't, don't come out during the day, right? So there's different energies that come out. So if you're already set up for your guidance, okay, this is, this is I have to explain it easier. When you come out of the body at night, what you're looking for is the same thing you're generally looking for in the, in, during the day, something to feed yourself with. And so when the body comes out, it finds these feeding stations. They're like nipples in a tent in the earth. And we're rolling into two hours, so everyone knows, but you already had your warning. But what, what it is, is basically there are charging stations, and you can, there's dowsing that easily revealed these kind of upshoots. This is why uh, things like the obelisks are placed in different places. There's a ley line system on the planet. There's a Hartman grid on the planet. But what these grids are is just input-outputs, input-output portals, some very large, like the arteries in our body, and some very small. So when one goes to sleep, Generally, the RAN or the vehicle that is actually coming out, which not, not, there's several vehicles, but this particular vehicle goes and tries to find one of those stations. And generally, what occurs around the 10 o'clock mark, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock mark, is other entities are, who are now out are around those stations. So this means that if you get in early, let's say 9 o'clock, 
9.30, you're going you're to go to the station, it charges up on this fuel that it needs, and then it goes into another frequency. And they map this as the theta frequencies, the deltas, the betas. And the reason why is some, somewhere around 3 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, you want to be, and I believe it is alpha, because at that point, you're so close to the world that what you're seeing, like you're, you're virtually, you're lucid, you can generally control the dream, you hear these intelligent things, because it's actually the part of where it's where harmony is now about to take place. Because notice in the morning, around 3.30, 4.30, 4 o'clock, like the first prayer in Islam, at around that time, there's this harmony for that moment, because now the day is basically letting low to the night, or, I mean, the day is coming in, the night's going out, and everything is in this gray. And at that point, if you find yourself in the right position, then you're right there to get those first rays from the sun, which lasts for about 15 minutes, which are basically the only thing that is really new. And then the rest of the day is just, as the sun goes through its pantheism, as it goes through these different phases, and that energy is, is different. So the reason why I had to explain that is for you to understand there's a purpose to, there's a purpose to if you're going to do something constructive in the dream, like lucid dream, or again, just have good dreams overall. So that way it doesn't, you know, you don't have to deal with the whole backlash of when you're in a dream, you feel what's going on. It's just like you're there, especially if you dream very vividly. And then something has occurred that is also lowering your energy. And then how you, how you work with that is, as I was explaining to uh, the lady before, you have to get into cleaning the filters and cleaning the body. Also, just practicing the simple rules of not eating before certain times because, see, if your organs, which are like stations, are processing food, when at the same time the body needs the energy to get ready to make that journey, it ends you up, you kind of get stranded in between the worlds. And this is why those dreams are very hard to control. And then when you're stranded in between, in a certain tense, more different things can happen, more from the, from, from the opposing sides of consciousness. So, you know, hopefully, because as a dreamer, I'm sure you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Obviously, I'm using English, and I'm having to uh, take something that doesn't really have great words to explain it and get it through very clearly, but I think it's clear enough. So just uh, realize that the, the different aspects of the dream world, also to learn how to shut it off, because I found that to be very powerful. Like sometimes you just need your sleep and you know what I'm talking about. And so this is where, this is the pointers that I can give you of how to gain more control over that. And then as the special ability of dreaming, especially if you've lucid dreamed before, it can be highly useful for you in gaining the knowledge, information and experience in a, in a language that is not as sluggish as English. So what I'm saying is, as you may have seen, that if you're being instructed something in the dream, it could be a massive message all in a very small period of what we will call like 15, 10 minutes. Like sometimes I go into a dream and it, the furthest I've seen was like eight months, nine months it felt like in the dream, and then it was only like an hour in the real world. So, you know, this is what we call the dream scope. And there, there's another show that's centered around that just by itself. Okay, thank you so oh, much. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming, Milika. You have three more callers, Seven. Okay. Three one two nine six three two. Welcome to the call. 
Your mic is open. 312-9632. Do you have a question for seven? Going once, going twice. 805-8521. Welcome to the call. Your mic Thank is you. open. You're welcome. Thank you. Hello. Wholeness. Wholeness. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Uh, just feeling so much love and gratitude and and um, soon complete here. So I just wanted to share that and and um, just just anchor that that gratitude in Thanks. in what's happening right now. Um, yeah, and also just expanding um, expanding some empathy regarding the regimen um, and an example that came was it's like driving down the road in a car we need to obey the stop sign the light the road <laughs> but if we have an all-terrain vehicle <laughs> we can go a little bit off road into different terrain and so what that was leading to was once someone has attained the light body, is there, do you have any insight into what that reality is like to navigate? <laughs> it looks to be very unexplored when sending... Um... Okay, so this is when I started realizing that it, it, it was like a, it's, it's not really a dolo mission. Um, <laughs> and, and I started to uncover mm. simultaneously information about anchors that basically what, uh, if there was any kind of traditions, what they were useful for is that they can assist a person in anchoring to something when they jump into this abyss. And the reason is because what the abyss is basically what you don't know. And until you know it, it's not trackable. So for an explorer, they have to make this, there's a trial and error side to their whole path, right? And so what happens though is, is that there's a process to where you start to actually get more connected with what I would think is what people call soul families, right? These are different facets of the same gym. This is the easiest way to explain it. And then those individuals, and this is something that we're, we're working to develop some things that allow people to understand more about this particular aspect of things, but it actually allows them to link with the people that do fulfill certain parts of themselves that, are, that need to be connected for them to make these next journeys. Now, remember, it's, this is not about becoming dependent on anyone, but this is also about patience which is what, you know, the whole ascended thing doesn't seem to have much of, but all the masters had it. And the patience is, is basically not to be squirming over there, hinging it on that other people need to come around before you can get to this next level, because patience is like, oh, don't even worry about that, because you don't even have to send out that kind of projection. As long as you know what comes next, then it's going to start forming itself. And the reason why you, there's, this, there's this kind of thing with the human beings and in these soul families and it's that when we go into the unknown generally the fear factor dissipates when we go with others that we know this is the same thing as like when you were a kid 
and you know you you were, you know, you were exploring and, and you know there was this tube or this cave and you know we had a friend that would go with you and then you guys would go together but if it was ever you by yourself you just wouldn't go in there and so because but it does take also a very unique person i'm not saying everyone is like that because i've seen certain people that will go into the cave and those kind of individuals from my understanding of what this how this works is they've completed almost all of their paths so in that they're actually containing, and, and me and Kevin were talking about this yesterday along with Luis, but it appears that they're also containing another system of communication where they don't need to talk to people externally, but they're actually talking to everyone internally. So it's like a higher language that has more to do with, you know, with the centers of the heart and those kind of areas. And again, I may be butchering it up as far as the facts, but I'm giving you the, the overall of how this works. And, and, this is, and this is something, like I said, it, it's, I think our whole planet right now is on a bigger scale in one soul group. So I, I don't want to exclude anybody in this kind of conversation, but I'm saying this is fringe fringe, work in progress in every tense. Nobody can, in, in our generation, a lot of people can't come as, as if they can speak professionally on such subjects because they may be also still be subject themselves to uh, illusion that they didn't know was an illusion. And this is why we, we, uh, we have to check this stuff back, meaning that there has to be a as below, as above resonator to the truth. So what I'm saying is, is that the question can, I mean, what is it really like to be in the light body? What I'm seeing is the biggest issue, first of all, is containing all of that light while still containing an idea of who you are, which seems to also be necessary, or you may just come back with the And this is because the energetic potential is so high, it's vivid. So now your body has to be able to anchor this energy. And from what I'm, what I'm seeing, you know, and again, I have a lot, a lot more studying to do, is that for when individuals connect together, they create this like Voltron. <laughs> And it can hold all of, it can hold and perceive the energy because each person's functioning as a specific piece, one person capacitor, generator, projector, et cetera, right? And then that, that person, because they specialize in that, they're a specialist at that station on the craft or the ship, that that's, they got that. But if you try to put them into another spot, that may be the Achilles heel to the entire thing. And so, you know, we're, again, we're just getting to the, cause I'm personally just getting to this knowledge. There's people who know a lot more about it. You know, I, I, I'm going to, Kevin Fair is another person I had to put him on blast so he gets a thousand uh, uh, emails. But, you know, there's, there's people that know a little bit more about this and we're structuring something to put people in touch with these kind of individuals to, to see if we can dissect this more. And this is, of course, with us going through it just as we've gone through everything else. We play both sides of the spectrum to make sure that, you know, we're not seeing things just as we want to see. But even as a metaphor, what I'm explaining right now has its own truth to it, that to contain all the energy in your, on your own, unless you're that guy that walks into that cave and doesn't need that friend, if you're still looking to do the light body work, then there's other facets of yourself that you link with and they contain some of the load as you're going into that sphere. To talk about it, <laughs> it doesn't even have words really attached to it, like from this plane, um, you definitely go like and for us, man, to tell you the truth, this is where we're at. And this is the funniest part about the, even the, someone asked me the question is that 
We're actually at where within a few weeks, we already know we're going in and we've already set all the procedures. Everything is already rolling. And of course, I hope, you know, I just hope to explain more about this as we go through the through this process, because we're actually shooting a documentary surrounded by it. But again, it's, um, you know, it's, it's not a game. Uh, there's a lot of seriousness to it. And but there's a necessity. Like for me personally, I feel like that there's so many people in this world and it's starting to get a little tight in here. And to get everyone into a space that they can manifest, like people don't even know what they wanna manifest really anymore. They may manifest just more money or something. So there needs to be a whole nother education process on an entirely different level where someone's able to actually basically upload back into the system. And this gets into some real, some real matrix-based, you know, John Carter type stuff going on. But it's serious that if if you're just talking to someone who who's going to give you a really good assessment of things, and that's what they get paid to do, meaning that they're not going to deviate because they want to make you feel good or anything. They have they, their their reputation is on the line every time they make a prediction. I would tell people if I was that person that we have to find a way to tap into the etheric grid that already exists here. This is what we've been working on. And this is the Hartman grid. This is the same grid that magic goes down. This is the same grid that feelings and thoughts and telepathy goes down. There's a specific grid for that. And to go into that grid in perfection, because this is not about sending, I mean, there's no physical items here. Only humans are, can plug into this. You know, this, the peripheral on this is a human. You see what I mean? A human body. So it's like you're not going to plug a, a, a jack from the wall into it. You're not going to plug, you know, some kind of other device up to it. You have to plug yourself into it. And then when a person does that, of course, the perfection has to be within first. Because then when they emulate like huge human orgone, they send pulses of perfection in through this grid system. And then that touches the individuals. And the more, the, the more energy that those group, that group has to do that, to pulse, then it can possibly override the pulse that's pulsing now that is attempting to take humanity and all is attempting to take humanity into the slavery position. You see, so what I'm talking about is that the higher projection will always win. If a group of individuals or one individual, generally it's a group, remember it's still all about you getting it to it yourself. It's a paradox. So we're talking about something that's happened before, will happen, and it's happened already. You see what I mean? So there's a paradoxical side to it, but just in realizing this is what you're talking about. And then in a full-blown light vehicle is in between worlds. So what you're seeing, you'll see, and this is why I, I find myself excited about it during this path, is that what you see is, is you see all of the causes to the effects. And somehow that's just such a massive lesson you can't seem to get enough of it. It actually gives real meaning to life because then you get the answers to everything. Oh man, no wonder why. And then first the big question is why didn't nobody that was already ascended come back? <laughs> and that's one of the big questions you see get answered. And then so, you know, there's, there's massive things that, that you witness in this spectrum. And so it's just about the experience. So that's, and, and remember, and the last thing I'll say is, is that this is not where you go into it, you see it all of a sudden, and then you feel like you're sitting at the desk right now listening to the show. There's an energetic potential to it because the only way you see it is when you go into the high vibratory frequencies because the division 
within your body has ceased, so there's no gap. See, because when you close the gap and force all the Russian dolls together, you sight, hear, taste, smell, touch as one. What you then see is everything that's scattered about the dimensions, it's, and it's quite amazing. It's a lot to behold, and to tell you the truth, I, I've seen it in small segments because you don't just see it, you also feel it, and this seems to be overriding for your consciousness. So remember what they kept saying, that you needed to become everything, right? But how do you somehow contain this inkling of the straw man against this force that basically is un, un, unhindered? You see what I mean? So you're basically trying to hold on to, I don't know what your name is, but I'll use my tense. I'm ho trying to hold on to seven Bomar that, you know, wrote the code of the matrix. They got this, you know, had the child and, you know, your mind is there just trying to hold on to who you are a little bit as much as it can while it's being flooded with everything. Like, you see what I mean? And then this everything comes off as, if you try to analyze it with the brain, it can burn the brain out rather fast. The brain just tries to process it, starts going so fast and then just loses control. And this is why they say that the big key to this then is to relax. And that's where you notice his patience and relax. This is like the sign of the master, right? Because they're not stressed out about the whole thing and oh my goodness, it's gotta happen right now. And, ah, and then they're messing it all up. So when, they're when they relax, then they're able to ease themselves out of the body and the body doesn't even know you're gone. These are the kind of techniques that, because other than that, the body goes into its own clutches and gets scared, you see? So you have to, to see the life around you. So start seeing that what nature really did, and this is, I talked about this before, but it's a big point for everyone to realize. Nature as our mother, father, wanting to be with us all the time has disguised itself as all the things that are around us just so it can experience itself through the things that we have around us. So let me explain that. Even when I grab this screwdriver, all of the elements that that's made out of come from one source. And when you turn on the third eye, you see those sources there fused together. It's wild. And then what, if you keep looking, you'll start noticing that the whole background and everything that you're looking at is all one picture. This is just like the fractal. And then what that one picture is, is everything. It's like the prima materia itself, the thing that created everything. And then at that point, there's a connection, almost like a merging, because you start realizing, wait a minute, it's not just the thing in my hand. It's not just a screwdriver. Oh shit, it's me. And I'm a part of, I, not I'm part of, I am it. And then as that starts happening, now remember, that's the brain that's, I am it, and this is dangerous. Because at some point the brain, which is called Hanuman, the monkey mind, must let go. In order for the higher mind, it doesn't talk, it doesn't use these kind of words, it, it does something else. It kicks in and it can process all of it with ease. It's like the Prius of the dimension. It knows how to process quantum information and it also knows how to find what it wants. Because remember, this is like a needle in a haystack. All this should have a purpose to it. So when you're looking for something specific, you need something that can go right to that. Not, oh my goodness, what's happening with Keisha? Am I gonna come back to my mom? Oh my goodness, is, I don't feel the energy. And is, 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 is he staring at me? Is he really a human being? Is this person the evil? And then all this is going on and none of that was about, well, what was your intention of being in here? <laughs> because maybe you're not supposed to be in here. This is like the back room, I call it. It's like, like I said, the causes to the effect. What goes on behind the curtain 
that the world has divided itself from. And that's why when you see the alchemical picture, it shows the man, he's ripping back the, the skin of the world to peer into what looks like the cosmos or the origins of where things are, with the, where things are, how things have come about in this world. And so I hope that gives you a little bit more of an idea of what you'd be talking about when you're talking about full on jumping into the light body and also some of the disclaimers uh, about attempting to do that alone if you're not the in the cave kind of person, but then also the, the knowledge that there are definitely, and you've probably met them already, other versions of you that can triangulate your situation, meaning that they fit with the other side of things that you can't generally see yourself. And then as you gain more experience with them, you also gain that ability just as they gain yours. And this is how this whole thing will work. And you can envision this as back a long time ago when there was just a few of us and we were all in a few bodies. If we saw another one of us, there was a party. Uh, boy, did we throw down. Look, you can imagine there's only let's say 10 humans and we break apart real quick to go and see if we can cover the most territory. And as we're going around, we happen to run into some more human. Man, it just, you go off. You're like, this is what I found. You know, this is what it looks like over there. This is what I've learned. Have you seen this? I mean, there's a great reunion, but now you see what's happening to the world. And this is, this is something I want people to know because we're coming to the end of the conversation. See, the end of, now the world, what's happened is, is when you see a person, you be trying to get in your car. <laughs> like, look what's happening all over the world right now with, uh, with the immigration situation where people are fleeing from their country and try to go into other countries. The countries don't want them there. And they think they treat these people like criminals and they're disgusted by them, right? But this is when the word or the world becomes void. So in the beginning, there was the word and the word did not come back void. It was good. This means that, oh, we were happy with it. It started manifesting something that looked great to us. It was pleasing to our sight. Then, as things go on, and it's time to move away from the whole word game, your name, which is the anagram for amen, which means hidden. You're now hidden. You basically, we don't know who you are. You don't know who you are because you're, you're not visible. You see? So when we get out of the names, which can be owned because every name is James. How many Jameses are there? There's tons. What is that word? That's somebody else's stuff from, from my standpoint. You see what I mean? Somebody else gave that to me. So who am I really? Well, all my chakras play this frequency and it never repeats itself twice. That's who I am. So when we get rid of these names and drop these tags, get away from these marks, and then that's, that's when that, the, the, it starts to happen. And like I said, this is, these are mental confirmations. These are like mantras. This is the actual deprogramming process. We listen to this stuff and then the brain hears it, and then now the soul is attempting to try to interpret, well, how are we gonna make that happen? So you need to make sure that that is always installed, meaning that soul needs to be inside. You have to have the soul saying, well, look, this is not something just to listen to. We need to get ready to make this happen, and we need to be starting to work on this right now. And so remember, the pointers are trying to think on dirty filters, <laughs> we call it running dirty, the chakras have a tendency, especially if it, people see things from only one chakra at times, like the lower chakras. This is someone who has a lower vision. They have a vision, but it's a lower vision. So they see through the lower eyes of their body. And then all of what they see is basically at that level. So to raise that energy, 
is also key. And that helps us. So instead of making plans now, what I'm saying is start working on tuning up the vehicle. So that way, when a plan is made or a projection is made, it's based on the balance. So, you know, this, these are just simple pointers. Um, I'm sure that I said enough about the subject. And, you know, I also want to say thank you to everyone for uh, allowing me to continuously deliver the message um, and to be in that position this life because it, it does equal something. And, and more than anything, it allows me to stay on to this and it allows me to, um, to live my life completely as this rather than something else because I've, I've actually done several things this lifetime and uh, so being able to find this space. And I, of course, will welcome anyone to that space, which is basically being an example as best as they can uh, as, of doing their best and assisting you know, all the youth, which could be old people and young people alike, but all the youth at understanding or understanding, as we call it, our full potential and how that this is not, this is not a fairy tale, like this is not a, a fake, this is not mythology, this is the real thing and it can become really vivid. And the more that you search to find the real answers, not necessarily what someone else wants to know or what someone else told you you need to know, but the real answers to the whole thing, then these answers are available. It just start, it will happen for you. Uh, all the faculties are available, people such as myself and, and, and people such as Joyce and Ngoni to, to actually put themselves to, uh, to helping and assisting. So I will say this, because the conversation in the beginning or the question in the beginning was about where's this help coming from? <laughs> Did we not see it? Because every time we take a breath, every time we drink some water, <laughs> every time we even connect and now we're linking, man, it's all over the place, but that's it. The, the, the Eidolons though, you know, we have to understand their position. This is all the, the external gods and belief systems and it's the story, the campfire tales in a certain sense, because that's as much as power as it really has, truly. It's just as a tale, just as a story, because you now need to understand how to apply it to yourself and if you even want to apply it to yourself. And um, last, I would also say is to, to be aware that when we're talking about that the houses are switching and there's a new house coming in, uh, what I would still say is the Jehovian fields were the less of the two poisons. This is what we need to understand because as the world gets into this stage, it needs to be encouraged more to make that decision to expand, right? Like some of us move on encouragement alone. Like we need something to motivate us to want to do it. And so this is why there's a lot of men and women that are basically without homes and things. Now they have to figure out, well, where am I going to go? And obviously they need to go within. But what's going to teach that? is there's gonna be a returning of many things. You know, it does, it's not specific. And it's important, if, if, if you've been on this path yourself or you're saying you're on this path, if you don't understand the four elements which come from nature, then you haven't really began. And I can say that even for myself, you see? So I have to be ready. I have to be always prepared to go to the next level. I can't be like, oh, yeah, I've achieved it. Yeah, I know a lot. But now knowing and experiencing, we've always talked about as being different. Now we're going into the elements because we still have to continue our work. So a lot of what you see, like what people don't want to handle, people don't want to handle the shadow beings. They don't even know what they are. They're terrified of them. Now I'm telling you, these beings need some other kind of healing and the only one that can do that is a master of elements. So this tells people now about, you know, don't, don't help yourself, but don't do the fake spirituality and teach people fake things. 
Like, let's be real about this because that's how we're going to get to sovereignty because that's going to take us into the adult or the adept side of ourselves rather than these kids that need to surrogate mother, these management systems, these variations of themselves, which the names are, you know, it, it basically chops and divides you. You're a symphony and you just crammed a symphony into Bob. <laughs> you see how, I mean, see, see what we're talking about here? So, but also allow that to empower you because that's why you then can explain why all this was going on anyway. Well, shoot, if I've been living out my life as just a smidgen of what I really am, then that will explain why there's so much craziness going on. And then again, not to focus so much as you changing the external craziness, but putting the internal chaos back into order, the order out of the chaos, right? This is not allowing the gunads, which are the goons, this is the lower part of the body, to be all up in the throne room making the commands that, yeah, I want to go there tonight. <laughs> and then here you go, and it's dragging you along. So this means that there's a personal introspection that can go on with the body to where you start to speak to the body in its own temperament, which is what the commandants knew and many of the ancient traditions knew, that each part of the body has a temperament or its temper. And then when you know how to communicate with it, then you can bring it into perfection. And this is called the great work. And it's also called the battlefield because this is the war that goes on within as in the university, which means united, university in conflict is attempting to make harmony, right? Which is giving us this creation or this design of this particular existence that we have now. And so there's nothing good about it and there's nothing bad about it. That's how it's in existence. And that, to me, is the paradox. So I think that, you know, I know there's more questions, but I believe that uh, obviously anyone who has a question, it could be encompassed within today's show, or they can go to the AstroQuest and uh, hear some of the, the previous shows, and I'm sure that it'll line things up really properly because what we do uh, or have a tendency to do in every single show is give people everything they need right now to actually get themselves to the next level and all that information. And so I think we did that today. We talked about cleansing. We talked about breathing. You know, we went into the mythology and how that's set up. We looked at the design of the world and the earth. We talked about the cymatics. We talked about the frequencies and how those work. We talked about the time and how time works as far as you being patient enough to allow enough of your oversoul to fill up your vessel so that you can become fully present here. We talked about how to patch up some of those tears and holes of different things, allowing your granules to leak out and then that way you never get to your full potential. We talked about understanding if you're the person that goes in the cave by yourself or if you've been the one that works on the buddy system and how to continuously find other facets of yourself. We talked about how to use, utilize the grid, which is an organic grid system, in order to begin to project your perfect template into at least the surroundings around you because obviously DNA is controlled by the environment and we can do quite a bit if we contain our field of full positivity, begin to cancel out things such as gravity, time, death, which are all synonymous with each other, and then start building those in, in energies so that way the potential of what can happen in that field grows exponentially. And then if we accomplish that and when we accomplish that, we are then able to assist others, whatever their stories may be, 
after we've gained full knowledge of what's going on with the basic elements to how we are, the building blocks to how we're all created, and then we can speak to them in something that is not verbal and not language, not just a promise, but an actual action that allows them to receive the benefits that they deserve right at that moment. And to them and to us, it will be as if one that we've been expecting returns. And that's, that's how I see it. And I'm sure there's millions of eyes seeing it the same way. Well, Seven, I wanna sincerely thank you for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us this evening. And I'd like to thank all the callers for their great questions. And I would, I hope I'm not imposing, but I would just like to ask if one more thing, and that is a question about the positive timeline that I hear some folks speaking about, that we're on two different timelines. Uh, what are your feelings about that? Well, again, uh, anytime we're playing around with time, um, you know, I, I'm not really a big subscriber to time. I told people a long time ago that I'm unsubscribing to time. See, but what, what's happening is, um, from my understanding, is why, why there's this quickening is that we're moving through a space, whether that's actually through the sky or not, I'm not sure, but we're moving through a space that's packed with more particles that give us the ability to, to conduct better. And once that, when that conducting is happening properly, then that's when we start to tap into other sides of ourselves and we start to see things a lot more clearer. So I would definitely say that there's outside of time. And I mean, to me, there's only two times or one time. There's inside of time where time even becomes a factor. And then that, way, that means distance becomes a factor. That means speed becomes a factor. That means gravity becomes a factor. And that means death becomes a factor, okay? So in fact, when time is evoked, and that's why it's always been seen as a Saturnalian principle from Kronos, or the chronosphere, what happens is, is that when time is evoked, it brings a lot of things with it. And it's just like, you know, sometimes we see these because we have been taught, oh, time, and then we also know space, and then we also know all these different things, but these people don't know anything, it's foolishness. What it really is, is there's either time or no time, but once time is evoked, it equals all of what we're dealing with. So what, to say there's two different sides of it, what it is, is is that there's other spaces that operate on different time frames. Like we talked about the dream world today, where time in the dream world can seem to be extended or shortened based on the time that you're living in this world. Time is also relative to the individual. We've experienced that personally with when you're starting to speed up your aura, that it seems like time goes by a lot faster, even though the clocks are still moving the same, because they're not really a good indicator of how time is actually moving. So, uh, so that's, that's the only thing that I can lend to, to that theory um, of there being a positive time or a negative time or whatever. And maybe it's just a lack of a better explanation of, of what exactly is being referred to in that statement that I'm not able to actually lend uh, you know, more insight. Well, thank you, Seven. Um, uh, it's probably the way I formulated the question, and I know you're tired. Well, yeah, you, well, no, I'm not, I'm not tired at all. Us. I mean, you can go ahead and formulate it again. I mean, oh. I, I'm just saying I can't, I, I need to understand what they meant by when they said positive time. So, yeah. I mean, trust me, I, I'm tapering it down, but, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not bound to the time zone. So I just, I do have to okay. kind of taper it off at some point anyway, though, because, you know, we'll be sitting here for hours and I'll just go because I don't, I don't have limits like that. But I also know that, you know, some folks be sitting back there like, okay, seven, I just, I don't want to hang up the phone. I want to hear it all, but I do, do need to get to sleep. So, you know, I'm just thinking of all the minds that are tapped in. <laughs> yes. 
Thank you very much. So, so yeah, so if you could reframe the, was, you could reframe the I, question now, listen. Well, I'll I'll try to do my best to express it uh, okay. more with more clarity. Uh, Alfred Webry uh, talks about a positive timeline in 2015. He wrote a book about a cataclysm, uh, a timeline uh, that shows Earth in a catastrophe. And I understand from Madame Blavatsky and some other readings and so forth and so on that just before humanity has a opportunity to take a great leap, for lack of a better word, uh, that there's always a crisis. Uh, and uh, if you like the you know, I'm sure you know about the fifth root race, the fourth root race, and we're supposed to be the fifth root root race. Okay, so what he was expressing was that that actually our reality has been hacked, I guess, by the Jehovians or the whoever's, and that we have, by the harmonic convergence, we as a collective have raised our vibration to a point that allows us to be on a positive traje trajectory or timeline as opposed to the catastrophic timeline if you raise your vibration to tune or to align with it. Now, that's the best I can do. Seth, okay, yeah, I got you. I mean, I, 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 okay, now I understand fully what you're discussing. Okay, um, I think all these catastrophes have to end up being analyzed as they really are. Now, first of all, the catastrophe is, always seems to be the catalyst because I think it was the last catastrophe, which was the 2012, that became a big catalyst for many people to think that maybe they need to line themselves up and get ready to leave about this thing just in case it fell apart. But there's also always an issue with trying to uh, destroy a projection that is at least billions of years old, meaning that the whole idea that Earth is going somewhere is actually counterproductive to the idea of what Earth actually even is. And so people who are very terrestrial interpret Earth in a terrestrial stance, and they move about Earth like it's a time, not like a frequency. There is several different Earths on different frequencies, and that changes, and that, that changes based upon when the person changes, because they're projecting all of this. Now, this is, happens to be a collective projection, yes, but in that collective projection, just like with anything else, nobody said that you couldn't begin to project on your own. If you know the materials that it takes to actually build a world, then you can become a world builder. The catastrophe, again, is a, is a, very, uh, a very important component at times to get people to actually move about and do something. But realistically, if there's a catastrophe, it already happened. <laughs> like, look at, look at the state of the human being. The catastrophe is already here. The whole goal of saying that there's another one is to avoid the one that's already occurring, which is basically the sleep of not understanding that one can awake right now. So that's what I feel like activates people into awakening sometime is this uh, dense version of a catastrophe, basically when they get told, hey, your timeline's gonna end unless you jump onto another timeline where things don't end. But I explained that earlier in, in uh, about uh, the Oversoul, uh, hinting and helping the individual to make certain decisions so they do come across this uh, uh, knowledge of how to expand themselves before there's a cutoff date. Because for everyone, there's a cutoff date, right? Like everyone does leave here at some point. So rather than me to wait on something that may happen five billion years from now, like the sun blowing up, I just need to figure out how I'm going to be moving about the timeline in the spaces that I want to be in, but not the one where the sun actually blows up. Or maybe I would want to end up being present for that too. So what I'm saying is, is that for immortal, all this thing about fear and setting fear in the future only puts a wall there. It puts actually a block because it makes fear. And so the person just wants to stay 
you know, where they are. I just want to be happy. I just, you know, or they'll stay in the sadness, right? So, you know, I think that we should stop considering time. We should unsubscribe to it completely. We've seen for at least 200 years, I can go back, of different prophets, which most of the time it was for profit or for them to gain current uh, people paying attention to them, right? And they say something's going to happen. This gets people mm -hmm. more to paying attention to them. Like, oh my goodness, he knows what's going to happen. And oh, don't let them be right. But if they're right, it's probably because of the collective energy that we've all been used to project. That's the same way that the revelations work. Like it's just a projection of, 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 of something, somebody who wrote out an ending and attempted to get everyone to subscribe to it so that they can manifest that. But guess what? Any individual that has a stronger mind over that projection, they, all those folks could be going through the end. And that person would be sitting right, then, right there outside of time watching the whole thing. But remember, this is why I was talking about earlier about connecting oneself to other people's projections if their projection is not solid. Like, I don't, you know, if you don't know how to build worlds without end, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be hanging out on your world. It sounds like your world has a catastrophe about to happen. So I can elect as a sole sovereign, mandamus, this means I need to call you on the laws that are not written to release me from this projection that you've hosted which is, you know, how you have to come at the galactic court. And I'm going into my own thing. And then when you do that, then the universe will open it up, just like it's doing today. And say, hey, if you want your own thing, you need to get familiar with the elements. I'll call you again when you uh, get to your first round of that, and then we'll talk again. Bye. You know, it's more like that. It's like straight up. If you want to build worlds, you got to know elements, not books, not uh, writings and all of that, you know, brain thing and even the writing thing, now you need to go in and experience it. And then, you know, I'll, I'll tr get sent another transmission at that point because you'll know more about what's being discussed. So that's what I would do. I would, I would just move away altogether, the people with the doomsday, because I can turn on Vice News for that and see a real one. And again, I, the chaos is already in the catastrophe, definitely needs to be simulated within every individual. It's the same thing the CIA does. They can simulate the, the problem. That way they can turn on the adrenals that associate with how you handle those kind of problems. Because now it's like the domestication is happening, but most of the beings that you're dealing with, the moment that they even thought that something was really going to actually occur, if they really believed it, they could change it. And so this is also the, the negative effect of when people prophesy catastrophes that don't happen. Because then everyone's left, like I'm sure some folks, they thought that they were really going to be getting in one of those spacecraft on 2012. But for those who saw that all internally and understood what was going on, the ship took off. It was just, a, it was inside. And then many other relationships and all the other friendships and all the rest of the ships, we started becoming more aware of those. So just remember, those who still see things externally can only see, it's a fact. They can only see so far and what they see is slightly distorted. You may even have to, you will most, in most cases need to compensate for that. But to those who see within, which generally have an entirely different projection and perspective of what's going on, then those are the ones that you can, can, you know, I'm not saying which person you should listen to or not. I'm just saying, understand the difference in the faculties. Like if a person is only seeing outside and what's going to happen in the physical world and neglects to see what's going on right now in the spiritual plane, then, you know, they could be in grave error because that's the cause in the spiritual plane. And then what happens here is the effect. And then when you understand it more, when you pull back off of it, you start to see why there's catastrophes really happening and that serves to wake up other people who may have a chance in waking up. 
Because when you're in the vortex or you're in the bottom of the sink, none of this is the luxury. You don't have a luxury to do any of this. You can't get on blog talk radio. You can't log in. Even if you were logged in and listening to the message, you wouldn't even be able, your brain wouldn't allow you because it's like bombs dropping in the background or fire, gunfire going off. So this is to serve to, for the people who don't have that going on right now to really pick, it, pick up the pace and don't get that far down in the sink. And then, like I said, if, you do, if you, it's on your path, to run through this thing like one of the Fantastic Four or whatever, and it's your, your thing to go in and, and to rectify those kind of situations, it won't happen before you activate. So this is what the, this is, you know, just common sense, because to do something about the situation, you're gonna need your higher, you're gonna need to fully have merged and collapsed even higher self and all, all inside of you to walk upon something like what's taking place now because you also have different people with different scenarios. And we, we often make the mistake of believing that everyone thinks like us. You see what I mean? It's like even when we can refer to other people and we can assume that they want the same thing that we want, and that's a judgment. Because until you are actually inside and seeing from their eyes, which is, you know, high level ability, can you see all of what happened in the path to lead them up until that point? But surely there's something that occurred. And, uh, and to get out of the bad and the good, it allows you to see it clearer because you're not biased. And, uh, and we can all, like I said, there, nobody put any real rules to this. So that doesn't mean that you can't create something, a movie, a book, you know, your own life or whatever that ends up taking people to an entirely different level. But remember, communication is where the bridging is. So even right now, this message, it is powerful, it's potent for those who understand it. But there's a, most of the people in the world right now from this kind of method that I'm using, and this is common sense, once again, how you can chop through many of the illusions, will never understand this because they don't even speak my language. You see, I don't speak Hindi and I don't speak Mandarin. So if that's right there by default, most of the people in the world, you see? And then if a message like this gets translated into that language because of the complexity of it, now it's going to be like speaking quantum physics to a child that's from, that just graduated algebra, okay? So when you can see that, and this is what I spend a lot of my time doing, it's like chess. You cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect, and you're playing it all out, and you're seeing it like Tesla in your mind. It's animating itself so you can find the code the code to the matrix, the panuncia, what actually makes a cripple climb trees, what immediately stops bad karmic paths, et cetera. What can pull a person out of the vortex without you getting pulled in with them? Because remember, when you're trying to pull people out of the vortex, it's very similar to if you're on this small boat and then there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in the water and then you cast your line, people will try to get on that line so much that they'll pull you off the boat, right? So we have to see, we have to be able to see this and reanimate it almost like a movie in our mind. And then, so what does it say? You need, a, you need a higher form of communication. It can't be language, because already most of the world doesn't speak what you're saying, and the languages are designed in confusion. Because remember, what, what was the God of the Bible, which was the Jehovian, what did it use to confuse all of the people? Language. Let us go down and confuse them. And so their tongues were different, and it was like, they were saying things, but none of them could understand each other. That's what we're experiencing now. So we have to go, so what is above sound then? So this is how you do it in the mind, in the body and the soul. You put them together. What is above sound? Light. 
So is there a light way to transmit information? Yes, there is. So then many of us started working from the frontal lobes and from the areas that project just light. And then, and we don't even, many of us don't even know this. Remember, just like I talked about before about some of the people carrying on, they've got you filling out the form and they don't know what they're doing. So even the same thing was what's happening now. It's only the person that's fully present, meaning the granules are all, all the granules from the top are all the way in the bottom, that that person actually sees it all going on and can put their hand in it. Because even now, many people see what's going on, but they can't do anything about it. That's almost like feeling powerless, too. It's like you see all the different changes in the world. You see what people could do better. You know, if they run on magnets. If we took the trash, if we ran the water instead of right into the sewer, right into here. And if we cleaned up the dyes and then the fertilizer, you know, you, we use the, the methane coming from the trash, the trash fields and compress them and turn them back into energy. So we got brilliant ideas. But how does it get applied? And so that's, that's, where I, that's where I challenge and, and, and work with my own being with. And I play out those scenarios. And then with patients, because it, it's not just one decision. <laughs> like, that's the other thing, you know. You can, do, you can damage people if you're trying to come up with one solution for everyone. This is not a cookie cutter, right? So you have to be very methodical and intense to think out the entire process. And then remember, and this will help you in the path, the worst thing that happens to people is they die, but they're immortals. <laughs> so to the earth, and this is why you don't see earth's just carrying on. This is about us doing this. Like to the universe, this is a big picture thing for the universe. So to say, oh, the universe doesn't like that. And the, that's putting a personality with something that's balanced at least, or we wouldn't even be here. So it's basically not taking sides is what I'm saying. It's for us to, to design this the way that we want it to be. And then a person has two worlds, and this is where the paradox comes in. They have their own world, which they should highly are encouraged to work on first. It seems to not work well when you try to do the other one first. And then once you get that perfected, then the physical world, which is a shadow, again, of what you're emitting, starts to change around you. And then you find people beginning to add themselves into that or, or basically it's like boarding and you guys are sharing that universe and then this collective projection begins yet again except it doesn't contain eight billion people that don't even know what they really want it contains individuals that have become adept they're ready to stop being like children and let somebody else making decisions for them all the time and then going into the stage of really where you can stand up with the the, the beings that are most firm which are fire earth wind water you see, we have a dependency on these elements. Let us not be confused about it. We need water. We need heat. So this is why if one's getting familiar only with, who knows, Sai Baba or who, who cares, and not getting familiar with the elements that actually created those people. See, you see what I mean? It's like, why do I got to keep going through all these Eve angels? And I always tell people, man, don't, it's not me. It's the mission. We need to go at the mission. Don't get caught up into me because there's one, there, the goal here is it's straight. Straight and narrow on the, is the path. On the left side, deep water. On the right side, fire. We are uploaders, not downloaders. We don't want to take anyone's garbage. We want to go up to that orb in the center and then set things straight and then also move to the center of our being. 
And, and that be our progression. That's, that's how we move, you see? So we can visualize it now. And then also we have good guidance. And this is one of those conversations. Remember, this is one the first time everything, it's always going to be new. It's never going to be a rehash because we're never in the same place. And it's also coming together. People understood, especially that have been following this message, they've understood more today than ever. Because as the pieces keep fitting themselves in, now we can see more of the total picture. And so to bypass all the stories that people have and all the different things that can get us hung up on one thing or another, we go right to the elements because that's what's creating all this. And then we see the, a cause to the effect. And when we move in that space, we would have achieved what I know and I've read and I've come to understand the ancestors truly achieved, which was they stand at the door. They are in both worlds. And in all the books that I ever read that were really true, such as the Metuneter and many of the books that, you know, just the, it's not for the faint-hearted, it explains that. Sometimes in detail, that's much too confusing to understand. And so what's happening now is that we're just getting a 2015 version of the ancient knowledge, once again, about returning to self, that all is self, etc., and that we have this opportunity, since we're aware right now, and we're closer to that awakening, to, to do what we need to do on this plane for ourselves and then allowing that to assist others. And, um, and so it's like a trickle down then, it's like the sevenfold spirit or something. If you have tons of abundance, then it's obvious that you're gonna share that with others. So there we are, there's abundant knowledge. It's very potent, it's, it's, it has no copyright, it's absolutely free. A person can take it and then they can break it down even more and then they can feed it to others speaking it in an entirely different way and it can go to them too and it can get to the it can trickle into the furthest recesses into this and so so that's how it works so there's individuals today that they heard you may think they heard it and that's why i think that we we sometimes do ourselves injustice by thinking everyone thinks like us see they may have heard this message in an entirely different way but it's still based on the frequency that i'm emitting and so when they go which is balanced so when they go and interpret it to someone else they say something maybe completely different, but it, and it connects to that person because as human beings, we are the peripherals for each other. We plug into each other. When a human stands in front of another human, a, a, a tentacle per se from the chakra connects right with the other person's chakra and we link. And then it's unfortunate that oftentimes those linkings end up in a vampiric situation where one person's pulling energy from another. But now if we have abundance, because the, the soul loves this kind of good news. And this is when one becomes inclined with their soul, the more they get more pieces about their experience, they feel rejuvenated. Why? Because the soul doesn't eat food. <laughs> it doesn't need air. See, this is why, and this is the last thing, and, I, and this is it. Now we've got all the way to this point to get to this. Finally, we've reached the precipice. See, it's because what the four elements are is they became the dependencies, okay? And as long as you have dependencies, it's just like a child. It always it thinks it needs this, and it thinks it needs that. But for those of us that practice the deep meditations, have been in points where you're wondering, am I breathing? Do I even need to breathe? For those who've practiced the fast, for those who've really gotten a deep in touch with themselves, the Zen point, they find that they don't need anything. And this releases them, you see? So that's actually what we're looking for. We're looking to be released from the dependencies. And then to be able to come in and live so in the present and in the moment where there's no time at all that you're 
enjoying life. This is the key to happiness right there. Now, remember, we're just describing it. To actually attain it, we've done a good explanation of, of, uh, of designating where it actually is. It's because that person that's living in that life, they're not attached to all this. They don't feel bad when it's broke. And they, like the, what was brought up that by Kevin, it's an illusion. Like you, that same mouse you're using or, you know, the next 10 years from now, it's, it'll be gone because it's an illusion. But you'll be there still. And that's what's not an illusion. And so we need to demote at times a lot of what's around us and how much it really means to us like the TV and the car and all this, demoting these beings. Because remember, they're, they're up in the consciousness now. The cell phone is all the way up there and all the way up in the crown chakra. Person's only thinking about what new cell phone they're going to get. So they need to be demoted and put it back into their position as just tools. And then what goes in is the higher mind, body, and soul. And it begins to operate beyond the, the speech, the verbal language, etc. So that's, that's it. That's the full transmission right there. Well, once again, Seven, thank you very much. I'm very grateful that you spent your time with us and shared your knowledge and wisdom with us this evening. I hope you'll come back. For sure. And uh, again, sometime, I know how busy you are. <laughs> I want to thank everyone who joined us this evening and tell the callers to Take advantage of the archives. I don't know about you all, but I'll have to go back and listen to this a couple of times. So also follow us on blogtalkradio.com forward slash gnosiscardia if you would like to get a reminder when we're broadcasting live on the air. It's been wonderful. Seven, I sure didn't get has. a chance to take in the full effect because of being distracted with the phone calls and other things. So that's why I'll have to go back and listen you know, quiet when I can quiet my mind and take it all in. Yeah. So, again, thank you so much. Well, I mean, thank you, Sister, for, I mean, uh, uh, for being the conduit. Um, you know, it lines itself up always, and I don't, I don't really have to do much these days. To It just comes out, and I'm glad I got a chance to share this because it was on my notes, and I didn't actually plan to do any shows because of just, you know, not stacking more on an already very full plate. But uh, when you reached out to me, I'm always going to be able to respond. And so we linked it up and looks like we, we had a beautiful projection. So I just want to say thank you. And uh, I'm sure that many people will grow from what's been presented today in the conversation. Well, you're welcome. And I certainly agree that they have been fed very well this evening. Yes. And so with that, I'm going to say good night and wholeness and balance vibrations to everyone. 